Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. It's week five already, John. And we're still alive. Still alive at the Brewing Network. Welcome once again to our fifth and not final week at the Brewing Network, if we have anything to say about it. We're not going down easy. Hey, welcome to the show, Dr. Scott. Oh, thanks. As I, as I roll in here at the last second. <laughs> yes, you did. But I brought beer. You brought beer, so all was forgiven. Dr. Scott walked in the room, and I'm like, okay, 40 seconds you got. Hook up the tap and sit your butt down. Yeah. <laughs> we have two cakes in here. Also joining us in the studio today is uh, Mr. Jamil. Uh, let me get it right, Jamil. Don't tell me. I'm going to do this right. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> Mr. Jamil Zainashef. Right. Ah, oh, there we go. We have a winner. <laughs> uh, Jamil is... Now, I, I announced him a couple different ways throughout the week. He is either the most award-winning home brewer ever or, like, up in the top two. What, what What's correct? The most. He's the most. Yeah. Jamil's the most award-winning pretty consistent, last time brewer. I checked. So we're we're pretty much in the presence of homebrew royalty today with Jamil joining yeah. us in the studio. We even brought some beer. And that's awesome, yes. too. <laughs> Lots we, of beer We were today. hoping. Yeah, we were hoping. absolutely. Yeah. Let's see, what do we got? We got two kegs of beer. I got about a gallon left in my keg. And Jamil, how many beers did you bring today? Uh, seven. Seven beers from Jamil. So we're going to be totally sober at the end of the show today, yes, folks. Right. I just want you to know. <laughs> And uh, it's going to be like always. <laughs> yes. About the middle of the show, we won't be though. Yeah, exactly. Good, good, good conversation. We stop at the end for those who have to drive home, uh, or about an hour after the end is actually the truth. Don't drink and drive. No. no. Okay, so Jamil, uh, we're really happy to have you with us, and we're going to get all into Jamil's uh, homebrew techniques and his history and what got you into it, and and how the heck you win so much a little bit later in the show, if that's cool with you. Sounds great. Okay. But in the meantime, uh, we definitely need you to hang with us and, and help us out with a few discussions we're, ha- we're going to have. Today's uh, official discussion is beer styles and uh, specifically the BJCP uh, guidelines for those beer styles. Uh, right. There's like there's 26 of them. Is that right? There's 23 beer categories. 23 beers and then there's mead and then there's cider, right? Yeah. Which adds another six categories or five. I believe. Right. So... 
we're obviously not going to cover all those, but we're going to pick four that both John and Jamil have won in competition with, and we're going to talk about those in detail. And then we're just going to talk about the style guidelines in general and, and figure out why they're there and what people use them for. So and that's what, what it takes to win a contest with them. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and Jamil can definitely help us out with that. We were talking just a bit before the show. We want to focus on how you can follow a style guideline right. and, and be completely rejected by the judges in that style. But it could still be a good beer, though. It could still right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, part of it is is um, is a bit arbitrary, and and the other part is um, definitely a, a judge's personal opinion. But I think that Jamil's going to help us point out some specific things that you could do wrong, even though you're following the guidelines exactly. Right. So and we were just talking about how regions play a, a role into it too. So. Right. Wherever the judging judging's going on, you know, right. East Coast versus West Coast. So. Right, which is definitely, we've always talked about the hop difference between East and West, right. and that might affect it, and, and a few other things. So we're going to get to that mm, about the middle of the show today. I'm going to warn everybody, in studio and at home, today's a long show. There's no way we're getting out of here before a three-hour show. Dr. Scott, I hope you didn't tell anybody you're... you're no, I'm good. Early. I can stay here till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> because we got a lot of good stuff planned. Yes, we do. Uh, right at the beginning of the show, after I get done with my ranting and raving, we're going to play the Brewing Network's first trivia game. Yes. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, What do we win? Uh, not not a damn thing. A pint of beer. Yeah. <laughs> Another pint of beer. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Although, I'm going to try to get a listener to play along. I'm going to get a listener on the phone and see if he can't play also. Um, and if so, then the listener, should he win the game, he'll get a prize. Yes. If what? Jamil wins, we'll give him a prize, too. If either of you two jokers win that are always here, you don't win anything. We get to come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get to return again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so uh, there you go. But we're going to play that in just a few minutes. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think everyone's going to like it. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm curious. So last week, let's talk about that just real quick. Uh, we featured a lecture by Vinny Chalurzo. I played that for about three days, too, throughout the week to get it out there. Uh, we had a good hop discussion, yeah. got a lot of good information out there, and then followed it up by a lecture from Vinny from um, the... Russian River. From Russian River, but it was from the uh, National Homebrew Conference uh, competition in Baltimore a couple weeks ago. And it was an awesome lecture. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't get to listen to it before we aired it. John had. And uh, I listened to it throughout the week. It's good. Informative, huh? Oh, excuse me. I'm already. Oh, yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Doing that. Yes. Um, yeah. Listen to it throughout the week. He, he had a lot to say and and a lot of good questions from the audience. So it was good. We're going to put that up in the archive section. Um, I want to say hello to. Speaking of archive section, because these are the people we need to help out uh, a lot. I want to say hello to our Australian friends out there right now who are always Cheers, awesome Aussies. to us right now. The Aussies are cool. Yes. I never know if, we, if they want me to call them Aussies or Aussies. They say Aussies, Aussies don't yeah. they? Okay. I think Aussies are Austrians. They might not like it that I do that. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I think they would think that Austrians are sissies. Yeah. <laughs> so let me switch that to the Aussies. And we want to say, hey, what's up? You guys are always very cool to yeah. us. and uh, Best feedback thus far. Um, so I guess sort of focus to you and others who really want the archives. Um, here's the latest update that we have. Uh Potentially, our website is going to be finished tomorrow. I'm supposed to go look at the finished product tonight, and John has seen it, um, although there were still some some adjustments to be made. If all goes well tonight, like assuming that I'm not seeing double when I look at it, and assuming that it's all done to you know what, what was supposed to be done, we could have a real website up by tomorrow. And if we do, then all five shows, including this one, will be available for download. 
by tomorrow. People will love us for that. Yes. They won't be podcast available. Uh I have not got that software to do it yet. Uh, I got to adjust. I got to make some tweaks on my computer to do it. But they will be MP3 downloadable. So you can download them just as MP3 files. You just can't put them over to your iPod. Although maybe you can convert it somehow on your own system. Whatever. Don't be lazy. You can figure it out, right? Okay. So we're going to put all the archives (laughs) up there. And finally, you're going to be able to download our shows. So that's the best update I can give you. If I'm wrong and the site's not up tomorrow, I apologize, but it's it's in the hands of other people, and yes. we're doing all that we can. And uh, it's our third go around at this. This is definitely our seven thir- months. So. Our, in seven months of trying to get the Brewing Network going, it's our third go around of getting someone to uh, get us a completed website, and uh, we're hoping this one this one happens. So keep your fingers crossed. If it works out, uh, yay to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Are these, okay. Are these people being paid in beer? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Beer supplies. Part, it's just part of the problem, right? Yeah. But the other thing you got to, if you don't pay them in beer, like the people who get paid to do it, you got to pay them in like a second mortgage on your house. Yeah. It's extremely expensive sure. to get a website built. So uh, we've had to just, you know, drum up all the resources we can. All have been very nice and very good resources. It's just, uh, it's apparently a complicated thing to finish. And, and uh, we're poor. And we're poor. <laughs> so there you go. Hopefully it's up tomorrow. If so, yay. Yeah. If not, Sorry. <laughs> Hang in there for a couple of days. Next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, along with our style discussion, I just want to announce, as I, as I announced last week, that it's, uh, it's American Beer Month. So, uh, I think that means you're supposed to celebrate and, and drink a lot. Yeah, cheers yeah, to that. Yeah, with that, that six week American uh, exactly. month. Exactly. The six week American month, which, uh, is bigger and better than the rest of the world, you can be sure. Uh, or supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week's, uh, official beer, there's, there's a different one each week. This week's American Pale Ale. So, hey, Doc, uh, thanks. There you go. Sure. You brought a pale ale. You did pale bring ale. an American pale? Oh, sweet. Yes. I'm drinking an India pale ale. So, whatever. But what else is new? <laughs> Hophead. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. Celebrate your American pale. Maybe you want to brew one this week. I'm actually going to brew, I think, Tuesday, John. I haven't brewed in a few weeks. So You have empty fermenter, I take it. I do. And I'm going to... good. I think I'm going to go ahead and brew an American pale ale. Why not? Why not? It'd be fun. Okay. Last thing I want to discuss... Let's discuss it. I want to discuss some forums out there, guys. I we think, love forums. I think that forums in the beer world, I think in the in the digital world in general, forums are an interesting creature because they allow people to be somebody that they're not normally in real life, right? Right. In a forum, you, you can say all the things you want to say. You can be as confrontational as you want. You can... You could pretty much be as arrogant. You can do whatever you want. No one sees your face. It's it's easy to be a big man behind your computer or big woman, whatever. Um, Can't get it, your lights punched out. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, not everybody abuses this quality, but certainly some people do. Um, I heard a story yesterday on the radio about a, a band who has a fan. Uh, in Australia, actually. And this fan, on all the discussion boards, and actually makes phone calls and everything to, to the band's label. It's a small label and a small band. And he just yells at the label all the time, why isn't this band the biggest band in Australia yet? Why aren't you playing them on the radio? Why? And he just, and he yells at everybody he can yell at. Well, they did a tour in Australia, and they met the kid at one of their shows, and he's like four foot nothing, and oh my he's gosh. like 38 pounds. <laughs> I think he's 15 years old, and they just expected it to be this yeah. like big punk guy. It's a punk yeah. band, I guess I should mention, and, and it wasn't. So just as, as an example <laughs> of what you might think of somebody in a forum or in yeah. a digital world and what you actually find. Yeah. Okay. Some forums, and I'm not going to name any names, have deleted our posts from their forum. And 
it's been for various reasons, um, but mostly has to do with competition. Yeah. And it appears that other forums and other, um, I don't know, even companies sometimes don't like competition. Right. And I, I'm just, I'm a little bit bothered by it because everybody what? you talk to in homebrew and, and in craft brew, yeah. they all talk about the community and the family and the camaraderie that's in brewing. But then as soon as capitalism sort of peeks its ugly head in there, all of a sudden nobody's friends anymore. Yeah. And they don't want to help each other out, and he they don't want to promote the other guy. Yeah. I mean, God forbid anybody's toes get stepped on, right? Yeah. So, Well, we're here to help grow the community, so I mean... Which is what we're trying to do. So anybody who's removed us from their forum, we've actually gone back and apologized and said, you know, we didn't, we didn't mean any harm. We, we weren't trying to step on anybody's toes. We're just trying to advertise something new for the brew community. Well, we were hoping to have them... You know, grow their community with us. You know, I mean, exactly. Want to branch out with them? And yes, and 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 just certain posters who have like over six thousand posts a month or some ridiculous and thing. You know who you are. And well, not even I know there's a few of them, and I'm just saying, and not all of them. It's not bad, but but they they definitely have an ownership quality when it comes to forums and get very offended easily. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, when you when you step into their territory with something new, and that's okay. I don't want to trample on that. I just want to say. That it is a community, and if everybody in the community is going to talk about community, then don't be such a hypocrite. Yeah, don't forget it's about beer. It's about beer, yeah. and it's. About, I'm not trying to take anybody's <laughs> listeners or money or or anything else. Right? Mm-hmm. We're just trying to add something new and and hopefully become a part of of a growing community because it is going to grow, and there's nothing you can do about that yeah. uh, except for promote. Very small too. You know? So. So, you know, just don't be so stingy. And in particular, like, some people think that, that we maybe scheduled our show, like, just to step on other schedules. And, and it's just not true. We actually tried to find the best possible, uh, a time of day that could reach the most amount of people that could sit in front of a, cu- a computer for two and a half hours. That time happens to be Sunday from five to seven. Yeah. So. Plus I, we work too, so we gotta work around our schedules, so. Yeah. I definitely apologize if that takes away from any other any other uh, uh, homebrew community that's out there. I don't mean to do it, um, but we're just trying. You know, maybe in, in the future the, the show's going to move times anyway. But for now, it's what it is. And I just want to say that I, I definitely feel like I'm a part of the community, and I think that the Brewing Network is trying to is trying to grow the community. And if anyone wants to advertise with us or or post on our forum about other things happening, go I'm, for it. I'm not going to erase it. Yeah. It's all part of the same community. Yeah. Now, on the other hand. I always want to cuss, and then I feel like I can't do it. You can't do it. This isn't your old radio station. If you're a big jerk, and you want to post just a bunch of mean things that nobody really wants to hear, then of course it's going to get deleted. But be respectful and promote whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Right? It's all part of the community. Yeah. So that's my two cents about forums. I don't know how many of you out there actually participate I feel better that you said that, so... Uh, I just started participating in it myself, so I'm sort of learning as I go. I I thought they would be a sort of a zero politics kind of thing because of how free they are. And I thought that when I got into it two months ago, they're not zero not politics. At all. Yeah, I stay away from them as much as I can. Mm. We've actually gotten mm. applications uh, from people in our forum uh, job at to do well uh, no, to, <laughs> yeah, to be moderators. Moderators. Oh, cool. But I don't know that we're going to have a moderator. Yeah. I don't really know. I'm not sure I understand yet what the – and by understand, I mean I'm not sure I agree with the understanding of what a moderator is yet. I think it's 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 common sense for one of us who works in the forum to take out a post that's retarded. Right. And uh, the rest kind of doesn't need to be moderated. I okay. think you guys can be civil to each other, and I think you can keep the topics you know, where they're supposed to be and – and have a good forum. Well, I, what do you think about that, Joe? Because that's just my opinion. I'm not speaking for the Brewing Network. Well, I know Jamil moderates 
the B3 forum. Okay. And wh- so, what is the, because I really, I, I do want to understand, what is the function then, uh, say for you, as a moderator in the B3 forum, Jamil? Well, you, you're going to find a number of people that they won't respect what you're trying to do, and and you're trying to open, have something open and free, and let them, uh, you know, do whatever they can. Yeah. The 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 problem is there. There's a certain number of people, like you're saying, that no matter what, they're going to try and you know force their 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 way on things, and right. you know uh, you know they become super political, or they try and pick fights. There there's a number of people that try and pick fights, or okay, uh, want to you know uh, get links to their porn sites, things like that. Uh, and okay, okay. You just have to have if you have uh, thousands of posts happening a day. Yeah, you have to have enough people that can. Go through them, make sure that, you know, somebody checks each post and just make sure, you know, it doesn't get totally out of hand. Okay. You know, on the B3 forum, we let a lot of stuff go and, you know, it's fine. As long as somebody's not out and out offensive. Right. Then you just kind of let it go. Okay. Now that makes sense to me, especially if you're posting things that have nothing to do with B or porn sites, whatever else you want. Obviously, you got to get those out of there. And I don't necessarily want people in there picking fights for no reason. That, that would make sense to moderate. Um, all right. I guess I'm just not sure I need to get a moderator quite yet to do that. I think I think so it's far. Still young. So. I think our forum has actually been very. I, I don't know if I should say tame or just normal, respectful so far. I, I've not seen a lot of uh, bickering going on. There's definitely a few comments, but you know, humans are, are humans are passionate and, and definitely opinionated people, and I don't mind those things getting out there. And I like disagreeing opinions. Yeah. So maybe if it gets out of hand, I definitely should take some advice from Jamil then and and. and and get some things out of there. Get somebody in, in it to do it. For now, until it happens, I think we'll address we're do- issue. I think we're doing all right. Doing so, I guess I mostly brought that up just because if you are sending in an application to be a moderator, I'm not ignoring you. I, I just haven't. I don't know if we have the need, and I haven't decided if we're, if we're going to put a moderator in that. So, so hang in there, and 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 I'll post something about it. How about that? Thank you. Okay. Okay. You feel better, John? I feel better. All right. Wait, hold on here. <laughs> have a beer. Have a beer. All right. Hey, it's Fourth of July weekend. Appreciate you guys hanging out, you know, and, and listeners. Slip those burgers; they're burning. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and don't light off fireworks where they're illegal, unless you can't be caught. Then you go right ahead. All right, you guys ready to play a little game? Let's get right into the action today. I'll, I'll explain it for Trivia. you guys. Yeah. Let me say this before uh, um, I start the description. I want to get a listener in on the game, and the listener, if you win, you're going to get actually. No matter what, you're going to get a T-shirt. How about that? Perfect. You get a T-shirt um, just for playing the game. And you're going to hang out on the phone, and you're going to, you're going to answer the questions just like everybody else. It'll be a four-way. Then. It'll be a four-way. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for. The game is a, it's a, it's a beer trivia game, and it's sort of in the style of Jeopardy, but you don't have to answer in question form or anything like that. There's no daily double. Uh, but there's <laughs> categories, and you're gonna you're gonna the, the categories which I'll list in a minute. You, you basically just choose, and then you have five questions under each one, okay. ranging in points from 100 to 500 points. I tried to arrange them so that 500 is the most difficult and 100 is the easiest. However, it's hard to establish like what you guys know and what you don't. What's difficult to one person is easy to the other. So uh, I got a bad feeling that Jamil might clean up on this one because a lot of it's gonna have to do with styles. There's a whole category going in there. And, Give him a run. 
but we're hoping to get a little <laughs> little friendly competition going in here. Let's go. If you want to play as a listener, uh, I'm going to explain the game. The number is one eight 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 four zero one beer. So go ahead and call in. We'll put you on the air, and and you got to hang out. The game's probably going to last forty five minutes, so uh, going to need your phone line clear. It's eight 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 four zero one beer. It's going to be a good time. You're going to win a shirt at least, and then maybe even something else. All right. So here's what's going to happen. You guys are each going to have a noise-making device, which, John, I need you to distribute now. One of you is actually going to use an empty beer glass, though. Uh, There's no noise in that, except for the the petter-patter of your tears. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, very true. Then you can just weep when you're ringing your buzzer. The point of these noise-making devices is because we don't have like you know we don't have buzzers, and we got to know who's who's coming in first. So the lovely Daniela, who's back with us this week, by the way, she's in the, back. she's in the chat room. Thank you for coming back with us Thank today, you. Daniela. She's been missing for two weeks. Um, she's going to help me judge too who who rang their bell first. So you know, try to be <laughs> fair, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are going to ring in. And, um, and, and, and then, you know, you go ahead and you're gonna pick a category and you're gonna pick which number you want. The one with the most points at the end wins the game. If there's a tie, I'll have a tiebreaker question. It's pretty straightforward. You can drink the pint the fastest. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, phone's ringing now, so maybe we got a player here. I'm gonna go ahead and discuss the categories. There are four categories. And you need to decide, just based on what they say, whether or not you want to play the category. They're not, they may not be exactly what they sound like. The four categories are, you've got style, man. Hey, that's not beer. To beer or not to beer. And of course, what beer game would be complete without, let's go to the hop, as the fourth category. Yeah. Have we got a listener on the line there? Okay. Uh, let's see. Hold. Go ahead. Oh, ouch. Hello there. Hey. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. Who are we talking to? Justin, this is Matt from Doe's. Oh, nice. (laughs) What are you drinking, Matt? (laughs) I'm drinking an IPA. I'm at a poker game with a bunch of friends. I'm drinking an IPA I made last month. Awesome. Cool. Are you sitting in the air conditioning, Matt? No, well, we got a couple of fans running, but there's no air conditioning, unfortunately. (laughs) It's a little warm. All right. I guarantee it's cooler than in here, right, Dr. Scott? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you uh, you got some time then in the middle of your poker game to play or yeah, what? Yeah, no, we're, we're, we just took a break to eat some dinner and uh, turned on the the internet radio show and uh, I'm ready to play the game. All right, cool. And did you win the poker game or are you guys in the middle? I've won a couple of hands. We're not done. That means, we'll be that means he's well down. Into the evening. Yeah, and, sounds too good. And what's the pot? Oh, we play small small uh, potatoes. You know, so it's Usually not like never tournament gets over style. A couple hundred dollars. <laughs> a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> wow. How come I was? I'm I'm being facetious. It's it's really small. How come I wasn't invited, man? Next time, buddy. All right. well, you got a show to run. What the hell? Hey, some things are more important. I'm broke. <laughs> Bring the game over. <laughs> Bring the game over here. Yeah, there you go. Okay, here's what you're gonna do as a buzzer. You're gonna have to push your phone button, like just right. any button, you know, so that it beeps. A number. Yeah. Any just button. Any. Yeah. Not the hang up button. I hope. <laughs> right. But uh, any of those numbers, and that's gonna be your buzzer. I like two. Right. Push two. Yeah. You guys want to try out your buzzers here in the studio, just so I know what they sound like. Oh, all right. Oh, yours is yeah. good. Jets Jamil's buzzer. That's Doctor Scott. And uh, John's got the clap. <laughs> Not really, but... <laughs> yeah, mean... but what's his buzzer? <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Let me read the categories one more time in case you didn't catch them, Matt. There are four categories. Uh, the categories are first, you've got style, man. Second, hey, that's not beer. Third, to beer or not, not to, to beer. beer. And then finally, fourth, let's go to the hop. 
go to the hot. Okay. Those are your four categories. Each one ranges from one. There's five questions in each one. They range from 100 to 500. 500 supposedly being the most difficult. Let's do it. You got me? Gotcha. All right. Everybody's ready? I'm going to start off the categories because it's just the only fair thing to do. You guys are going to buzz in if you know the answer to the question. Daniela, please help me decide who buzzes in first, and you guys be fair to each other as well. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start with an easy one just to get things rolling. How about that? We're going to start with to beer or not to beer. Okay? Now, what this category has to do with is certain legal, uh, it has to do with laws in different states across the country. All right? The question is, in this U.S. state, you are allowed to drink and drive as long as you're outside city limits and don't, bl- we have, I think that the, the, I think that Matt came in first. Clappy. Uh, Texas. Uh, Texas what is, is Texas? Uh, Texas is actually not correct. Okay, John was the second to ring in. John. Montana. Montana is correct. You are actually allowed to drink and drive as long as you're outside the city limits and don't blow over a .08 or above. I think that just happened like two months ago, too. Is that right? Yeah, three months ago. Okay. So there Does you go. John so, have personal experience? <laughs> yeah, John, have you been drinking and driving in Montana? I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's 100 points for John. He leads the game, and he gets to choose the next category. Go ahead, please, John. You've got style, man, for 100. For 100, he chooses. You've got style. This is for everybody. The question is... The Kolsch style of lager is a protected... Whoa. (laughs) Jamil. It it has to be brewed in uh, uh, Cologne. That is correct. Oh, man. Wow. uh, Did you cheat? The question was going to be, this Kolsch lager is a protected appellation and is restricted to the 20 or so breweries in and around what city and country? Cologne. Just beat me on that one. Damn. Okay. It's at, is it? Are you saying Cologne, Germany? Yes. Yes. Cologne. Okay. Because I actually thought it was Cologne, France. Nope, Germany. No. Okay. Then it's Cologne, Germany. <laughs> Damn BJCP guidelines. <laughs> Typos. <laughs> <laughs> Jamil gets a hundred points. Wow. Go ahead, Jamil. You get to pick the next category. Uh, you got Style Man for two hundred. Staying with styles for two hundred. The question is: This beer is a specialty of Bamberg, Germany. Jamil. Rausch beer. That's right. Classic Rausch beer. It's a specialty of Bomberg, Germany. Smooth lager character and no significant astringency or phenolic harshness. All right, come back. John and Dr. Scott right now. Tied Jamil up. I come in the bathroom and lock the <laughs> I, I think they can't wait for this category to be cleared. Yeah. Jamil, you get to pick once again. Uh, you got Style Man for 300. 300 he goes for. He's quick. All right. Yes. First brewed in 1842, this style was the original clear. Uh, Daniela. Oh, that's. Pilsner Quell. Uh, we're looking for all styles here. Actually, Pilsner Quell is incorrect. First brewed. It's open again. First brewed in 18. Go ahead. Check pills. Incorrect. First brewed in 1842. This style was the original clear, light-colored beer. And this is directly off of the BJCP guidelines. Bohemian pills. Munich Health? You're all incorrect. What's check pills? Don't make me come over this kind of... Dortmunder Export Mm. is actually the one. First (laughs) brewed in 1842. According to the BJCP uh, BJCP guidelines, they say it was the original 
The first clear, light-colored beer. Light-colored beer, beer was Czech Pils. Yeah. Or they called Bohemian Pils. You're going to have to take it up with the BJCP. We will. <laughs> <laughs> so that's zero points. That's zero points. The game remains where it is, and it falls back to Jamil to be able to pick the category. Uh, you got Tom after 400. <laughs> you got it. to take 500. Yeah. Now, remember, guys, in future categories, you don't have to go in order. You could pick the 500 if you want. Good. Okay. This style is a high-gravity beer originally brewed for tropical markets. Uh, I'm going with the tambourine. Uh, India Pale Ale. Incorrect. Get out. Jamil. Uh, Guinness uh, for an extra stout. I will accept it. For an extra stout Woo. is the style. Correct, Jamil. Uh, it's uh, originally brewed for tropical markets. It can be fruity and sweet or dry and bitter. Has a moderate to high roasted grain and malt character. <laughs> so there you go. All it's right, a good come, effort, though, come back. Dr. Scott. Uh, you, are you getting all these scores down there, Daniela? Yeah, she's... Okay, Jamil. Finish the category. Finishing the category, you've got style for 500. Hey, Matt, are you still there or did you go back to poker? I've been buzzing in. I don't know if Daniela can hear me or not. (laughs) No, I got your buzzes. They're just coming late. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right. I guess I gotta buzz in extra early. Yeah. <laughs> right, so well, Jamil's the next question. Start reading it. Right. The, the problem okay. is, did Jamil's? Okay, I got the answer. J- problem is, Jamil's buzzing in like before I finish the first word. <laughs> no, I so definitely. <laughs> okay. Brewed in and around Brussels, this ale is a centuries-old tradition. It's a mix of three ales and is served effervescent. Doctor Scott. Lambic. Geese. Incorrect. Uh, your second answer, yeah, yeah, but uh, your first answer was lambic. Uh, Daniela, do we want to give it to Doctor Scott? No. Okay, but now the answer's been given away. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it. give it, give it to Doctor. Scott. I would have given it to him. We'll give it to Doctor Scott. Along the lines, yeah, he knew it. It was, a, it is a geese. Is that how you say? Because I didn't even know. I've heard it said a lot of goose geese. geese. I think that effervescent would have been your clue if you got to there, because a lambic is more flat than a geese. A geese being effervescent, according to the guidelines, anyway. A good one is not too pungent, but has a full bouquet and a soft flavor. That's five hundred points right there, Doctor Scott. Okay, and you now have control of the board. All right, let's go to. Hey, that's not beer for three hundred. Okay, for three hundred, he's going for skipping right over the two hundred. Here's all you have to do: it's either a real beer or it's a made-up beer. That's the answer. Okay. 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 Go for it. Matt, don't breathe in the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I took it from the wrong category. Okay. You said, hey, that's not beer, right? Hey, that's not beer. Jumping Cow Amber Ale. (laughs) Jumping Cow Amber Ale. Jamil. That's not beer. That is not correct. It actually is a beer from the Steinhaus Brewery in New Ulm, Minnesota. It's Jumping Cow Amber Ale. Anybody from Minnesota? You can name any beer or anything. If anyone out there is from Minnesota, then they can go ahead and call in and confirm that for me. Minnesota. I did check these and find them. Dr. Scott, you still have control of the board. Let's go with Hey That's Not Beer Man for 500 bucks. For 500 bucks. Wow, aggressive. All right, you ready, Matt? Here we go. I'm ready. Frog Island Croak and Stagger. Dr. Scott. No, that's not a beer. That is a beer. It's brewed in Michigan. Oh. Frog Island Brewing Company. The beer is called Croak and Stagger. <laughs> that's awesome. I love these names. <laughs> I think Matt's friends are making fun of him back there. They are. I'm getting some heat over here. <laughs> uh, you do still have control of the board, Dr. Scott. Uh, let's see. What do we got left over here? Uh, let's, let's go to the hop for 300. Okay. Categories. Let's go to the hop. Okay. 
This popular Red Hook ESB, I'm sorry, the popular Red Hook ESB, uses only two hop varieties to produce its unique flavor. What are they? Matt's buzzing in. Matt, did you buzz in? Uh, Several times. Uh, I don't think your buzzer's not working. I'm just going to say my name then. Oh, yeah, do that. I'm sorry. Maybe you buzzed in before and I didn't even hear it because I didn't hear it. Go ahead, Matt. It's to you. All right, I'm guessing Chinook and Cascade. That's not correct. The board's Ah. still open. Buzz in anybody. Okay. Uh, Northern Brewer. John John buzzed in. Go ahead. Centennial and Magnum? Incorrect. Northern Brewer and... It's incorrect anyway. It's all right. I go (laughs) Kent Goldings and... uh, you're all right. It's incorrect anyway. <laughs> the answer is uh, Willamette and Tetnang. Willamette really? and Tetnang in their Red Hook ESB. How about that, huh? Yeah. A real popular beer with all of us, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that beer. I had a keg a couple weeks ago. It's good. Mm. I just wonder how they get all that diacetyl in there. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, hey, that, that, beer, that beer turned me on to craft brews. I, I mean, I don't drink it now, but in the back in the day, that was the beer that converted me from... You know, Mega Swill to Craft Bruce. You know, I got to agree that it, I didn't go from Mega Swill, but I went from Sierra Nevada to Red Hook and then got into more uh, original I've, beers. I've drank my that. share of that beer, too. Okay. Okay. Well, it's a tough, you know, not it's not a very, those aren't like really ESB, um, n- normally anyway, those aren't ESB hops right there. The mm-hmm. Kent is more more along the line. So uh, it was a tough guess. Tough question. Got to make them hard, though, you know. Yeah. Matt, I'm going to give you control of the board because maybe you got gypped a couple times in your buzzer. So go ahead and pick. <laughs> Well, to be honest, I didn't have the right answer pretty much for all of them. But <laughs> <laughs> run, 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 the, uh, run the options past me again, the categories. You've got, hey, that's not beer, man. To beer or not to beer, and let's go to the hop. All right, to beer or not to beer for 100. For uh, 100 has gone. 200 through 500 are left. All right, 200. 200 it is. Okay. This U.S. state requires that alcohol may not be sold in stores after 9 p.m. and not at all on Sundays and holidays. Matt. Dr. Scott. Or- ring, Oregon. Ring in just before you, Matt. Or- Oregon is incorrect. Matt, go ahead. Utah. Incorrect. Oh. Two guys left to answer. Can't be sold after 9 and not at all on Sundays and holidays. That's a lame state. Which is when you really want it. live there? Missouri. <laughs> Missouri's incorrect. John, you want to take a stab? Nevada. Connecticut. Connecticut is actually the state. Oh, really? And uh, you're all right. It is a miserable state. I was born there and moved out when I was three (laughs) because I couldn't drink after nine. (laughs) (laughs) I would have thought it was a southern state. Yeah, no, I thought that there might be some Utah guesses in there. Oregon is bad, too. Is it? I can't do it on Sunday. Oh, and my okay. friend says, if you want mimosas on Sunday morning, you better get your fixings the night before. Well, Connecticut did the liquor store thing after 9 because uh, liquor st- or it used to be after 8 even. Liquor stores were getting robbed all the time between 8 and midnight. <laughs> wow. So they passed a law that they that they had to close at 8. It was it's sort of the liquor stores actually decided. They said, we're all going to, as a community, close at 8. And then it just stuck. The Sundays and holidays thing is it's old school Protestants that settled our country. Okay. Stuck to that. So. Thanks. Matt, you still have control of the board. It's, hey, that's um, not beer, to beer or not to beer, or let's go to the hop. That's not me- beer man for 400. Okay. Where, hey, that's not beer man for 400. The beer is Old Leg Humper. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Scott. No, that's not a beer. 
That actually is a beer. <laughs> it's brewed by Thirsty Dog Brewery in Centerville, Ohio. <laughs> Old Leg Humper. Yeah. <laughs> Jamil, did you know that that was a beer? I knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a tough category. That's I like awesome. that one. I like that one. Matt, you still have control of the board. Um, uh, the, are you guys looking at a board with all the categories on it? Yeah, they I are. You're, you're getting cheated. It's, hey, that's not beer, man. To beer or not to beer, or let's go to the hop. Because the, the You've Got Style Man is all gone. Jamil all right, killed that let, one. What, what are the options on let's go to the hop? You have 100, 200, 400, and 500. All right, let's go, let's go to the hop for 100. Okay. Alex. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the noble Saz hops are all that are used in this original European pills. That's Jamil. Pilsner Quell? That's correct. Wow. 100 oh, points for Jamil. Easy. I should have gone higher. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives Jamil control of the board. Go ahead, please. Uh, let's go to the hop for 500. Okay, he's going right for the big one. He wants to take a big lead here, guys. He's all in. You're going to have to stop it. Okay. <laughs> This pale ale produced in Utica, New York, features Willamette as its bittering hop and Kent Goldings for a nice flowery aroma. Yeah, none of you are going to get this. <laughs> Matt. Matt, go ahead. Bells. Incorrect. From Connecticut? Uh, no, it's from New York. It's brewed in, in Utica, New York. Features Willamette as its bittering hop and Kent Goldings. Can you do a Google search real quick, nice Daniela? Aroma. Daniela may not assist <laughs> okay. the players. Okay. Okay, I think everyone's going to draw a blank on this one. I was hoping to get an East Coaster on the phone. Not that there's anything against you, Matt. You're awesome, too. <laughs> Saranac Pale Ale. Saranac is actually a pretty big brewery in New York. They brew about six different styles. I just drank their lager the other day. Uh, there you go. Okay, so I, good. I don't feel you like the question that. was up. That's why that. that one was for 500 You're right. That was a prize, too. I couldn't do all West Coast beers, you know, guys. Yeah. It just wouldn't be fair. Okay, uh, Jamil, you still have control of the board. Uh, two and four. So. What else we got left in Let's Go to the Hop? Uh, you have 200 and 400 on Let's Go to the Hop. Well, let's go for 400. 400. Still looking for a bigger lead? This tasty California-made IPA boasts that it uses 43 different hops in its production. Matt, Matt. Matt, that was you first. Lagunitas IPA. You are correct. Wow. Lagunitas <laughs> IPA. Nice work, Matt. That's right. Its website says that they use 43 hops in its production of that IPA, which I would not have guessed. That's 400 points for you, Matt. Nice work. Yay. And that gives you control of the board. Hey, that's not beer, man. To beer or not to beer. And there's only 200 left in Let's Go to the Hop. Hey, that's not beer, man, for you got 300. One, okay, there you go. Only 100 is left in that category. Oh, okay. No, no, I'll no, you got, you got yours. What's up? No, he, he, he thought he only had 100 left. But, oh, no, uh, no, no, just uh, in oh, that no, category. the 300 was left. Yeah, okay. 300 left. You got that. Okay. Under hey, that's not beer, man. The question, uh, the beer is bottom of the hill hopscotch ale. That's Jamil, I think. No, it's not a real beer. <laughs> Correct. That is a fake one. There is no hopscotch ale. Hopscotch. Although there should be. Hoppy Scotch Ale. Sounds good, aren't you? <laughs> Jamil, that gives you control <laughs> yeah. of the board. Uh, hey, that's not beer for 100. Okay, that's going to clear out the hey, that's not beer category. Six Rivers Money Shot Pale. Snap. Dr. Scott rang in first. Yes, that's a beer. That's actually a fake one. <laughs> Come on, they're not going to name a beer Money Shot. <laughs> that, idea. Uh, that was my favorite one. I, w I couldn't wait to get to that one. <laughs> and I had to keep a, a straight face for the old Six Rivers Money Shot tale. Uh, I actually own the film. 
You know, okay. if there was a money shot pale ale, that's a beer I would pass on drinking every time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, uh, who had control of the board there? You did, didn't you? Matt, it's back to no, you still. I thought you no. Did oh, you? Okay. No, it was um, Matt. He won the IPA question. Right. Go ahead. You have to beer or not to beer, 300 through 500, and 200s left, and let's go to the hop. Let's go to the hop for 200. Okay. Here we go, guys. This best-selling Pacific Northwest commercially brewed pale ale features an unmistakable cascade aroma in its finishing hop. Uh, I'm going to have to give it to Dr. Scott. Ooh, Sierra Nevada. That's correct. Sierra Nevada pale ale uses cascade oh. as a finisher. Yeah. Come I on. wouldn't have called that Northern a Pacific Cal- Northwest beer, but okay. Uh, no? Aren't we all Pacific Northwest up here? Eh, Close no. enough. If you'd seen California, then I would have guessed that, but oh well. All right. Well, well, we can't I'll... give you everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Dr. So Scott, well. there's one category left, and you have control of the board. To beer or not to beer? Uh, okay, let's go beer to beer, not to beer for 500. For 500, he's going for the big one. Uh, does he have any chance of coming back, Daniela? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Okay, this uh, Western European country has classified its beer into three categories based on alcohol percentage by volume. Go ahead, Dr. Scott. Scotland. Incorrect. Ah. And prior to its entrance into the European Union, could not sell beer above 5.6% alcohol by Matt, volume. Matt, go ahead. Italy. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> good guesses, good guesses. Finland? I don't know. And you guys want to take a guess? Can you repeat the question? This Western European country has classified its beer into three categories based on alcohol percentage by volume. And prior to its entrance into the European Union, could not sell beer above 5.6%. Daniela knows the answer. Yes, I <laughs> Go ahead, Daniela. Sweden? That is correct, Sweden. And I did Never not give that to her. She's from Europe. She I like knows. the way she says that, too. Say Sweden? it again, Daniela. <laughs> Sweden. <laughs> Very nice. You get 2,000 points, Daniela. Yeah. <laughs> she beat Jamil. Dr. Scott, it's to beer or not to beer for 300 or 400. Let's go 400 since I can't win any. <laughs> 400. In this eastern U.S. state, the max amount of alcohol in beer that can be sold is 6%. The law is now being contested by the Pop the Cap bill. Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Louisiana. Incorrect. Ah. Go ahead, Jamil. Florida. Incorrect. It is on the coast, I'll tell you that. Eastern U.S. state. Can't be sold above 6%. Pop the cap bill, trying to fight it. Pop Go ahead. Cap. Take a guess, John. New York. Incorrect. Dr. Scott, you're uh, the only one who didn't take a stab. Massachusetts. North Carolina is actually the uh. state. North Carolina. There are a few states, I believe there's six states altogether that have alcohol restrictions. I try to be more specific. They're the one with a specific 6% and with a bill trying to fight it right now. Like Do- you needed a, another reason to not live in the eastern, <laughs> the southeastern United States than beer restrictions. Exactly. It's a terrible idea. One more nail in the coffin. <laughs> All right. There is one left, Dr. Scott, and that's the one you're picking. <laughs> <laughs> to beer or not to beer is the last of the categories. The question is, in this U.S. state, the sale of stale beer is prohibited. It's actually a law that you cannot sell stale beer in this U.S. state. So there's no uh, Coors. Do, I wonder how they figure that one out. I think they would go and arrest the breweries or something. I don't know. But it's definitely a law. You're not allowed to sell stale beer. Take a stab. Take a stab. Texas. Stab. Not Texas. California. 
Not California. Get out of here, I, man. Come on. You ever been to Beverages and More, John? <laughs> <laughs> well, rule them out as a sponsor, Justin. <laughs> Go, yeah, how about this? I'll make it easy. Go farther west than California. Hawaii. There you go. Matt gets 300 points. Hawaii. It's actually prohibited to sell stale beer in that state. Come on. Yeah. That's nice, huh? I'll be done. Should be a law everywhere. Uh, Beth yeah. Mo would go out of business. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't make it stale. No, but they sell it stale. And it's it, it's not, you're allowed to make stale beer. You're just not allowed to sell <laughs> stale beer. <laughs> That's what the law says. Okay, Daniela, would you uh, grab that microphone there, please, if you can, and tell us who the winner of today's game is. Well, I want to start with the person who sucked the most. That was John. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. 100 points. John, awesome job. <laughs> and then we have our listener with 700 points, and Dr. Scott also 700 points. Oh, wow. And Jamil has incredibly 1,100 points. 1,100 wow. points. He almost lapped you guys. Yeah, but he got it in the first five minutes, and then yeah. he s- just slacked the rest That's of the time. That's true. What a surprise. Jamil wins another competition. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And it was, the, it, it, Dr. Scott's right, the style category pretty much sealed the deal for that yeah. game. I'm gonna have to be more careful about our future yeah. guests. Um, you know, you didn't get them reading the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good job, everybody. That well, was a good game. Any prize, just give it to Matt. All right, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Matt, you're gonna win a Widmer Hefeweizen T-shirt just for playing with us. How about awesome, that? thanks, Jamil. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> so good enough. Thanks for playing. Hey, good luck in the poker game. Yeah, I'll need it. Believe me. All right, nag John about the shirt. He's gonna have it for you. Yeah, uh, I'll make him. I'll make him cough it up. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks for playing, Matt. We'll see you All later. All right, guys. Good show. See you thanks. Next. Bye. All right. Good work, everybody. Well, that was that fun. Was, yeah. I had a good time. I have to do that more often. Get a little. Uh, I don't know. Some tougher, tougher questions in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything with styles, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to start our style discussion. How about that? Jamil, do you think you're ready for the style discussion after that little warm-up? I'm going to pick sure. your brain. Sure. <laughs> I think he's totally ready. All right. You're listening to the Brewing Network. We'll be back in about five minutes. You're listening to a bunch of guys talk about beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. John just peed in the last 35 seconds of the break, I want you all to know. That was was talent. That's impressive. it took him 34. (laughs) (laughs) That was quite impressive. Thank you. Did you just like... I ran. Squeeze it all out of there? No, it's a dribble tray all the way back. I was going to say, I guarantee you there's some dribble down his leg right now. (laughs) I I was talking about on your carpet. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't notice it from the dog anyway. That's awesome. Or my girlfriend. (laughs) Blame it on the dog. (laughs) (laughs) You you leak too, Jay? (laughs) I do leak occasionally. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much I shake. Hey, before we get to the style guideline, I just want to follow up the game with some of those weird things I had about like different laws. I, I had a whole list of crazy laws from countries, uh, uh, not hey, from sorry from states. Throw it on us. Uh, thought these would be funny because uh, now remember that they're not. It's not ex- funny if you live there. <laughs> yeah, it's not funny if you live there. They're not necessarily uh, laws that are that are enforced, but they're on the books. They are laws. So so you can't marry your cousin and drink a beer at the same time. They are laws very similar to that. Okay. I think that one's only valid in wow. California, actually. Yeah. Uh, for example, in Nebraska, it's illegal for a bar owner to sell beer unless they're simultaneously brewing a kettle of soup. 
What? That law is actually on the books there. In North Dakota, right. beer and pretzels can't cannot be served at the same time in any bar or restaurant. In Canada? Uh, in in North Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah, because you know that's fighting the restaurants <laughs> for some business. Yeah, this one's awesome. Like weight control. In Texas, it's illegal to take more than three sips of beer at a time while standing. <laughs> so if you're gonna, how do they calculate that one? Out? Chug a beer, you gotta sit down. <laughs> I just want to know what what oh, made. Better them sit work. down there, cowboy. I wanted to be there when they decided that law had to be written. <laughs> like, why Why did they need that law? Some dumbass cowboy stood up there, chugged a beer, and fell over. Yeah. <laughs> that, right, and he probably hit his head on the bar. And they decided they needed a law like that. It had to be something like that. Bubba's got a bump. Um. Oh. Also in Texas, the entire Encyclopedia Britannica is banned. Because it contains a formula for making beer at home. Do they have internet in Texas? How about that? They do. And it's also, <laughs> I, I don't think it's illegal anymore to brew beer in Texas, although I could be wrong. I know do we've you know got some foreign, forum users from Texas, although the one I'm thinking of is on a base. Wait, that's, so maybe it's, that's it's why. Legal. It is legal. It's a, but it's I think that, it, that, it, that it, it's, it's sort of states. recent. Oh, five. Okay. Um, but it's still, still it's a law on the books. Um, let's see. In St. Louis, it's unlawful to provide beer to elephants. No shit. Just common yeah, they sense, did that. but I they did that once, and all <laughs> hell broke. It was ugly. <laughs> Those are the uh, in Virginia, you cannot sell lettuce on Sunday, but you can sell beer and wine. It's interesting. What? Mm-hmm. So Don't let us sell lettuce. Yeah, so hope you're not making any lettuce varieties of beer. Uh, in Alberta, Canada, it's illegal for a man to drink with a woman. In Edmonton, in an Edmonton beer parlor, parlor in Alberta, <laughs> and that's actually how it's written. That's why it's so difficult for me to get out. In Alberta, you can't drink with a woman in an Edmonton parlor that's in Alberta. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, let's see. A. In Ames, Iowa, it's illegal for a man to take more than three gulps of beer while lying in bed with his wife or holding her in his arms. He is gonna. <laughs> 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 Marriage control. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Kegerator by the bedside. I can't live in Iowa. I'm always drinking. While I'm <laughs> Honey, let's live dangerously. You take three <laughs> sips of beer. You hold on to me, and then we'll rip that mattress tag off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. In Ohio, <laughs> this is even better. In Ohio, it's illegal to get a fish drunk. <laughs> How many, how many fish do you have to drink before you get a fish drunk? <laughs> That's a good question. And so I thought that did all they pour fish drank a lot. beer into their aquarium? I guess so. Wow. I, didn't. No, I, I, I had some friends poured some vodka in the aquarium once. And, <laughs> and what happened to the fish? We had floaters. Yeah. I'm <laughs> this last one is a. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> this last one is a law that I intend on uh, putting into effect at my next party in Lexington, Kentucky. Anyone who has been drinking is sober until he or she cannot hold on to the ground. <laughs> and that's actually what it says. And in quotations, cannot hold on to the ground. That's what it says. So that is going to be... Uh, Danielle's got something. Here. Are these that you gave me? No, no, no. No, these are questions? Okay. I got one coming from the chat room. We'll do make this the last law. Then I got a, uh, a couple questions, and then we're going to start the style thing. There's a beer. For, you guys ever had any beer from Lithuania? O- Ultinus no. Alus. Ever heard of Ultinus Alus? A U Utinus Alus. U T E N O S A L U S. Ever heard of that? Chat room's asking us. 
Sorry. No, Dr. Scott. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I have not had it. Okay, here's a law that came from the chat room. In a, is it Shadron? In Shadron, Nebraska, it's illegal to take your... Horse. <laughs> oh, your horse. <laughs> when Daniela says horse, it sounds more like whores. Uh, but it, it, in Shadron, Nebraska, it's illegal to take your horse into a bar. So, oh, and this person actually saw this law broken once, <laughs> which is <That's> nice. Great. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, okay, uh, let me just address this question real quick. The horse um, had the money because I forgot to mention it. Crotchrot, if you can't hang out, tell me in the chat room because I'll get going on it sooner. Otherwise, I'm going to wait. We've got our first listener homebrew here at the house today. Crotchrot, one of our best listeners, been cool to us since the beginning, a yeah. good friend of the show. Um, nice on the forum, too. Nice yeah. in the forums all the time. He, uh, he helps out our listeners who can't log in. He logs them in through his, his computer. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, he sent us his beer. I got two different styles. Whoa. He's got a Newcastle Stout, I think it was. Okay. Uh, no, Newcastle Brown, right? Brown they don't make it's a Brown I'm just confusing. Why does it say that? But Newcastle Brown that he uh, uh, he did a, a mock version of, and and then his American Pale Ale, which works perfect for the for the show because it's American Pale Ale Week in, in the whole country. Nice. So, Crotchrot, if you can hang out, I'm going to get to that uh, maybe in between this discussion and then the Jamil interview. If you can't hang out, let us know. I'll get going on it. Thanks, Rot. Okay. So yeah, I love that. We got listener it's beer. Our first name. listener beer. I have a feeling that someday we're going to get in trouble for encouraging people to send us beer. Because you're like not supposed to send beer yeah. across state lines and all that. Right now, it's I for could, research. I well, you don't know don't what state care. we're in. That's true. Nobody wants to say that. We never said. Yeah. And we uh, we uh, said like a hundred uh, times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Uh, it's for a contest, right? Mm. No, you're sending live yeast cultures. Mm. Ah, yes. Not beer. Live yeast cultures. <laughs> for That's true. That's true. For you're evaluation. Let's send that. It's purely science. All my drinking is purely science, by the way. And I want to say thanks to one more listener, although I don't know that he wants me to tell everybody what he sent, because uh, it's awesome. But Lufa, another cool guy in the chat room, he's the guy with the picture, yeah, with the he's, beer. Yeah. Doesn't he just look like someone you want to be friends with? Yeah. <laughs> the guy just has a, he's, he's got a big smile and a beer and, and a shiny head. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just hey. like, I got a shiny head. <laughs> you do, <laughs> but you got the, you got the same thing going. He's just one of those guys. You see that every time I read his post, I look at that picture, and I'm like, man, I wish he was a friend of the show. And he kind of is, I guess, in the forum. So, Lufa, thank you for uh, your gift to the Brewing Network. That was really awesome, uh, John. I'll show you what it is later. Cool. It's I'm totally looking forward to it. Totally cool. Right on. Uh, so there you go. But you're not going to show me. <laughs> I'll show you. Too. <laughs> the secret. Neither one of you guys need it. That's the thing. But okay. I do. I'll give you that. I'll tell you that. I need it. You guys don't. It's so. an implant or. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's an actual lobotomy. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, why don't we start talking about styles? Let's talk about it. All right, and I don't mean like who's got the best clothes either. The BJCP has set up some style guidelines for beers um, in order to help facilitate competition so that people can design beers around those styles and give the judges guidelines to evaluate them on. Right. So... How about a little more history about the BJCP guidelines? Um, for example, I know that there's a revised edition now from 2004, and but there was another edition that, that stopped, I believe, in 1999 was the last one, and then they just revised that in, in, in 2004. So when did they even start doing guidelines? When was the first set of guidelines given? You guys know that? 1985. 85 they started? Colorado. Okay. Right. And, then, and then they came out with the official guidelines? That's when it started. Now, is the is it the only purpose to have these guidelines, or I should say the main purpose for competition, or was it just for homebrewers in general? You guys know about that. Well, let's go back to what it used to be. Is okay. They, how they grouped beers. 
And right. Actually, How J- did J- they group Jamil, Jamil uh, explained a lot of this to me and why they went and changed it all. Uh, at first, it was just mostly regional uh, countries, different kinds of beers in different countries, and they would kind of group them together. But when you're trying to judge that and you're judging three beers that are totally three different beers, it kind of messed up the judges quite a bit. And now it kind of gets closer, Jamil, to like if light lagers is light lagers. But there's subcategories. But then there's subcategories on that, but it's still closer. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to, to group the beers uh, by style. Either you're doing something historical or you're doing something that has a similar brewing technique or, uh, you know, you're – and that may not be the best thing for competition. Right. Uh, the Scottish ales, for example, you've got uh, – you know, sixty shilling, seventy shilling, eighty shilling. Then they stuck in the Irish red and the and the wee heavy, and you're you're essentially you know putting a barley wine up against a you know three percent beer. Yeah. Uh, and it it just doesn't work out very well. But uh, you know, it's it's difficult because there's there's no good answer to it. So they they've they've really done a spectacular job with the 2004 guidelines. I think it's you know the best set of guidelines we have so far. I like it a lot better. It seems more straightforward. Uh, similar beers are grouped. Better, mm-hmm. rather, in, rather in, than just regional. In general, though, even when they grouped them that way, it was still for competition then. It wasn't just to know what to homebrew. Well, and it, 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 in a way, it's an educational tool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, when I first started uh, homebrewing, people told me about the BJCP, and I started reading through the guidelines, and I, I really didn't have a whole lot of intention to compete, but... Uh, you know, it was very informative. There's a lot of really good information in there. His, uh, history of styles. Uh, you can learn about styles that you don't know about. Right. Uh, you know, it's in- basic ingredients. Uh, uh, and it's, it's very helpful as a, just a learning tool for somebody who's interested in beer. Okay. And you download it for free and read through the thing and it's, it's yeah. a lot of good information. I actually, I did download it and been reading through it now for a couple of days, both mm-hmm. to, to make the game that we played and get ready for this. And, and actually you're right, there is a ton of information. And I thought it was awesome just that it not only talks about the ingredients of a beer, but where the beer came from, who makes the original style, or, or at least a, some good examples of it, and then what the best qualities of a beer that really matches that style are. Like, it really gives you a lot of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it is educational. You can get those in case you don't know. Uh, there might not be too many homebrewers out there who haven't, but uh, it's www.bjcp.org. Right, you can go right there, and there's a few different formats. There's even a study guide that you can download flashcards, where it gives you, you know, the style on one sheet. You turn it over, and it's got all the information. Because you can actually go through a program to become certified as a judge, which you are, correct, Jamil? Yes. Okay. What 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 rank are you? Uh, national national judge. Okay. What are the ranks? There's uh, apprentice, recognized, certified, national. Uh, master, grandmaster. Wow. Um, and then multiple levels of grandmaster. And is it all based on a test that you pass or what are the criteria? There's a, there's a three hour exam. Okay. Which has, uh, four, uh, beers that you judge during the exam and then there's ten essay questions. Okay. And, uh, that plus, uh, experience that, that you gain from, uh, uh, judging competitions. Okay. Uh, you'll, uh, get a, a point here or there, and, uh, once you get a certain number of points and a certain, uh, score on the exam, uh, you reach that level. You move up. Yeah. So do you, ha- do you then keep retaking the exam in order to move up? Uh, you can, uh, it depends. Uh, a lot of people do retake the exam. Um, you know, they'll start out, they're new to, to beer judging, and they may score recognized or certified, and then they'll, they'll retake it to, 
get a higher score and uh, as they gain more experience. Okay. It's it, you only have to take it once to get to a certain level. Okay. All right. You were talking to John about possibly doing that certification program, but John's being a sissy about it. Just, well, you know, <laughs> it does John, help help you as a brewer, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Understanding styles. I'm that's, trying that's to think of the amount of yeah. I'm trying to think of the amount of studying right now that you would do on all those styles in order to pass that three hour test. And it's it would, not easy, I hear. It would have to improve your skill, at yeah. least your knowledge of of what you know styles are supposed to be. Well, I'm curious about as a home brewer when you started brewing. Did you read those guidelines and did you research styles or did you just go off those guy? Like, how did you even come up with recipes for all the brew the beers that you actually brewed? Did you? Well, uh, you know, a big part of it was the style guidelines, and another big part of it was uh, you know Ray Daniels designing great beers, and you know everything else. I I got everything I could read and uh, you know read that and uh, you know matched that up with the style guides and did some test brews and. And that's uh, that's pretty much how it worked. Wow. A good that's point from the chat room um, is that the guidelines are really good if you are trying to design a beer that you don't know anything about, that you're not familiar with. Definitely. So, And there's so many different styles that uh, it really is a great place to start to to try to figure out what ingredients to use and how to brew it. And uh, So that, that's true if you're going to do a new style that you've not done before. But I think a good point to talk about later would be how process would play a role into being consistent to brewing a beer style. I mean, you you I, you can elaborate this. I'm not sure, but how effective is having a consistent brew process? Going through all these different beer styles, these 23 styles and these guidelines, making a certain style of beer that you're trying to experiment upon. Well, it's huge. Um, one of the things I, I started when I was starting out trying to you know learn to brew good beer, uh, I went told myself I would brew every style in the style guidelines. And thus, I would learn about all the different styles. I'd learn about all the different ingredients. I figured, you know, all these styles must use all the ingredients that are out there one way or another. Mm. And that would be a good way to learn about those. And, uh, you know, one of the things about process, some of the, a lot of these beers, um, mash temp is a, a difference of just a few degrees one way or another. But it makes, uh, you know, a dramatically different beer. Okay. And if you can't consistently repeat a certain mash temperature or a certain process... Um, you're not going to be able to adjust it enough to get to the, the, the next, you know, style of beer or the next effect you want in that beer. Could that put you out of style? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. I got a couple questions, I think, uh, in regarding putting you out of style, maybe trying to brew something that you didn't. These come from the chat room. Um, have you ever brewed a beer in one style but enter it as another after tasting it yourself? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. <laughs> I, I brought an example of that. You did, as a matter of fact. Yeah. What was in the? Let's try that. Why don't we get that out and get it going? Yeah, let's gotta, try. Get a chance Bust to get it out. What did you bring? So, what did you try to brew this as uh, to start? Well, this was a. Uh, I was brewing this as a uh, 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 Dortmunder export. Okay. And Which oh, you uh, wait? That's that first uh, beer, right? That first pale lager. Yes, that's right. Yeah. According to the BJCP, and uh, <laughs> Jamil missed that question on the test apparently. Because <laughs> <laughs> we still think minus but, one. But he he argued with them that they actually missed the question on the test. It's Pilsner or Quell. Well, in the yes, Hellas, we think so too. Check this out in the Hellas history here. Uh-huh. They talk about how the Germans came up with the Hellas style because they didn't want all Germans going to Czech Republic for their light lager beer. So that's why they came up with the Hellas. So, I mean, it's, it's been around before the Hellas has. So. Right, right. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a regional thing. I'm not too sure. Here, I'm going to... Here, read here. Wow. Hey, if it's written down, it must be true. No. <laughs> okay, history of the 
I can't find it. Is it right? Oh, well. It was there, man. Either that or I was seeing yeah. double. Could have so, Okay, so what did you try to brew this as then? This was this, the Dortmunder. It was going to be a Dortmunder export. And, okay. Uh, uh, which is a really well balanced beer. It's it's got it's it's a bigger malt and and hop bitterness than uh, a lot of the other pilsners, but it's extremely balanced. Mm. Well, if you guys are tasting this, um, you should get like a giant blast of hops, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a good German noble hop. And uh, you know, after I tasted, it, one of the reasons was I was just playing around with hop times, and I shifted everything really late in the in the brew process. And the hop character just came jumping out of there, and it's still there. And uh, so, so this is um, oh, probably a year old. Wow. So uh, this is this is the one I I tasted it, and I was just like, well, it's not a bad beer, but it's definitely not a Dortmunder export. So it's the beer I entered as a as a German Pilsner that you were asking about Mm -hmm. in the in the Nationals, right? That it placed as a German Pilsner in the Nationals because it's very uh, very hoppy. Hmm. The the only problem with it as a German Pilsner is it's not dry enough or, or crisp enough yeah, as a German say, Pilsner. It's not, it's not crisp right. enough. Exactly. Now, what about it's, the color? As a, good Dort- beer. as a Dortmunder, it would be fine. Yeah. This is where it gets sketchy. What about the color as a German Pilsner? Because it's too more dark. of an amber color, too. Yeah. yeah, it's too dark. But it did well as a Pilsner. Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, uh, competitions, you know, one of the things in competition that you have to do is you have to brew a good beer, a really good beer. So the bigger the, the, the competition, the yeah. the Better beer you have to brew as a base. Okay. And in something like the first round of the Nationals, where you're going up against, you know, uh, 728 yeah. beers in California, and there's 60 in, in your category, you know, you, you brew a really great beer, and then a little bit of luck comes into play. You okay. know, they'll, they'll have a half a dozen spectacular beers to choose from. If you're not one of those spectacular beers, um, you know, then you don't stand a chance at, at placing. And, and even if you did brew one, then it's it's a little bit of it, uh, it also comes there. down to what order your beer got tasted in too. Uh, makes the flight so order makes a big difference. It does. As well. in, in, now, in how, it's really big for points alone yeah. or the order I mean I'm sure points. Well, if if, the, if the you're palate. the very first beer, they're going to hold back on on points. Right. If can you're be, the very last be beer, tasting they're going to be a little dead in the palate too. Yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. what I would think. Well, I actually in a hoppy category. Right. Yeah. And how many categories do you judge in in one in, in one competition, like in a day, let's say. Well, uh, it depends on the competition. If it's a real busy competition, they'll have you do two, two categories. Flights. Okay, yeah. and and how many beers might be in a flight then? Uh, try and restrict it to no more than twelve maximum, but generally around eight or ten. So you could have sixteen to twenty-four different beers in a day that mm-hmm. you have to just judge. like you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> These are like two-ounce yeah. samples. So. Except that you know my my numb face thing. I could never <laughs> be a judge because it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. So Jamil, how many judges have you actually paid to get your beer to the next level? Let's get to the real stuff here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'd have to check my my financial records. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, another uh, uh, listener wants to know how many mistakes have won awards for you, and what were you trying to do? As uh, maybe name a couple, you were trying to do something, and what well, like what up? kind of mistake? Like uh, which you tried to do one uh, style, you ended up with another one, right. and you got a. How many would you say that ended up with I mean, awards? Generally. Um, that doesn't seem to to work very well for me. If if something, 
you know, is good and to style, then it's good and to style, and it and it and it does well. Mm. Um, I've uh, I just actually I had a I, I brewed a Belgian Strong Golden uh, three years ago, and it n- never really did very well as a Belgian Strong Golden. It would place here and there, but it never really did anything significant. Well, I entered it this year in the nationals as a blonde because. It seemed a little too sweet for a Belgian Strong Golden, and sure enough, it it placed. It got a first in the first round, and it got a silver in the final round of the Nationals. Wow! And so that's sort of a mistake. I mean, they're, it's a pretty the style's pretty close together, but uh, okay. You know, uh, sometimes you have to go back, and it's not necessarily what you brewed, but it's what the beer is. Mm-hmm. And you maybe you made a mistake, and you didn't brew the beer you were intending to brew. And you got to honestly look at it, try it. You know. And evaluate it and say no, it's it's actually you know a, a better beer in this style, and that's again goes to you know understand the BGCP uh, BJCP right. uh, style guys. Do you ever ask others about about your beer? Like, what do you think of this? What style this should fit into? Or do you just read the BJCP yeah, guidelines? Um, you know, uh, when I when I first started out, I I got a lot of feedback from people, and I would take it to uh, various uh, you know experts in my area and have them taste it and tell me what they thought, and I'd match that up with what I thought from reading the guidelines. Now, I know the guidelines quite well, and you know I can pretty much identify my, beer, my beers, but I still find it very valuable to get additional feedback from other people. Hmm. So I'll bring beers down to more beer, or I'll you know take them out to you know a couple of master judges in my area and. You could bring them to my house. There's a lot of guys around here drink Coors Light and stuff, and they could really tell you about a good pills. They have a really clean palate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll blow them away. I'm just a suggestion if you ever want to do that. Yeah. If I really wanted to win a medal but didn't want to go through all the work, would it be unethical of me to keg up a nice craft brew and send it into a competition yes. or to bottle it up? Yes. Have don't you guys ever heard of something like that happen in a competition? It's been talked about, but right. don't do it. Um, I think judges could tell probably. You know, you know, in a lot of, if you look at the classic styles for a lot of the beers, if you were to take, a good example of this is the Oktoberfest. Okay. Yeah. Oktoberfest in the homebrew world has become a very big, alcoholic, Mm. (laughs) giantly malty. Mm -hmm. If you drink a classic German Oktoberfest, it's, it's a much, um, uh, crisper, uh, more evenly balanced beer and, uh, you know, much easier drinking. Okay. And if you were to take uh, a Spaten and, uh, you know, rip the label off and enter in competition, you would not place. So, uh, now that's a, that Most actually brings up, so if you brewed then, the if you yeah. brewed one to the style of that, to that original, you're saying you wouldn't win, even though it's the very, original style. Very difficult. I had that's one interesting. that I thought was exactly to style. And, right. Uh, Dave Hausman, who's a, one of the, Fantastic uh, judges we have in the United States. He thought it was, you know, a forty-eight point classic, you know, yeah. German Oktoberfest. But you know, he's the only one who ever thought it was great. You wow. know, in, wow. in that competition, every other competition, it would, you know, do in the thirties. Yeah. Everyone thought it was too thin, too too weak, too dry. Yeah. Well, I would guess though that that kind of change is inevitable as beers evolve, and especially in America where the home brew it, it, it's such a big community that they're really making changes to all different sorts of styles. Well, it's going to be hard to keep them the same. That's a good point. I mean, are the BJCP guidelines written nationally? I mean, are, those are obviously Americanized, uh, right? It, okay, it, it's it's written so from a, an American group of uh, of uh, master judges and national judges. Okay. Um, and you know it takes in a lot of you know the, the, a lot of Americans travel all over the world sampling beer and you know there's there's a real knowledge out there and they 
they do a pretty fantastic job. It's it's not easy to For capture sure. what they've captured, and I think they 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 done uh, pretty spectacularly. Okay. Hmm. Someone in the chat room wants to know how you decide uh, which beers you send to competition. I know you said you used to you know kind of check in with a lot of people, but yeah, what are um, your what are your criteria? Well, now? he goes into the vault and well, he starts yeah. looking over. Oh, I guess well, I have it. Uh, <laughs> when I brew something new. You know, I'll taste it myself, and I'll say, you know, is this a, a good example of the style or not? Do I think this is good? And if and if I think it's good, I'll send it on to, uh, you know, uh, there's a couple of competitions I trust. The, the one up in Reno, I know those guys really well, and uh, I'll, I'll put it in there and see how it does there. I'll see how it does in, in some other comp- smaller competition, okay? Just to see if it if it kind of gets the same response that I think it deserves, okay? Uh, and that and and if it does well there, I'll send it on. Um, for the nationals this last time, I I did what scott was saying i went through my beer cellar and i pulled out one of everything and i tasted them all, gotcha. all in. how I old said, were they uh ranging from you know four or five years to you know a few months old wow. and i deciding what was the best of everything that i had and i entered entered those and, okay you know a bunch of the old stuff did really well nice even uh, did you have any five-year-old beers do real well uh, yeah, uh, uh, and English barley wine, I okay. got first place. So that one you want to age for a nice long time? Yeah, you know, and, and the, the Belgians were four years old, I think. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there's, you really, uh, uh, beers, if you keep them cold and stable and your, and your brewing process is very, very clean. Yeah. Uh, you know, beers will, even the low gravity beers will sit there Stick three, four years, no problem. Wow. I'll tell you, I would love to age a, a beer for a nice long time, but it's like impossible in my house. <laughs> impossible. A month would be a record for you. This yeah. IPA that's on there right now is the longest a beer has ever yeah, stayed. I was drinking that last week. Well, and then I, I had what I had to do to, to save it is I had to take it out, bring it to where I store it, which is off premises. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 45 minutes the other direction. I store it there and then I brought it back. Uh, to drink now because the Germans don't like the IPA anyway. My visitors and and they're so yeah. I figured let's not waste it. They don't really like it anyhow. I'll store it. I think it's been aging for two three weeks. Or something. So yeah, that's max for me. Three years, forget it. A month, you're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I would really have to be brewing on that uh, twenty gallon system to uh, get that happening. Uh, someone wants to know, Jamil, what advice you would give for entering their first competition. Uh, first of all, do it. Um, okay, uh, you know, y- if you don't enter, you won't win, and you won't you won't improve your. It's like the lottery. Degree. Yeah, you know, you have you have to just bite the bullet and do it. And, um, you know, before you enter that competition, make sure you're brewing. You know, uh, brew, brew a good beer and, and a beer you you feel is really good. Write down your notes on it, mm. and you know, don't wait for you know some mythical best brew that you're going to brew sometime in the future brew the you know enter the beer the best beer you have today hmm. enter it get the feedback you know match it up with your notes of what you you perceived and you know a lot of people they they complain oh the judges don't know anything they don't you know the judges are judging blindly they don't know what's your beer they've got nothing against you they are doing you know they are perceiving at the time that's what they perceived and you have to trust that they they are not wrong okay uh you may not agree with it but you know that's that's what they perceived at the time from that beer in that bottle in that glass at that time right that's and a good point. if you can adjust your process mm-hmm. and learn from what they're telling you um you'll you'll make Right, you know, better beer or you know, more competitive beer. It could be, it could be just several things. It could be like Jamil said, you got to brew a good beer first. Second is it's got to be the style. 
they'll knock you down if it's not the style. It could still be a good beer, but it's not in style. You're going to get knocked down for it. Or if you didn't brew a really good beer, they're going to knock you down. But don't take that hard. Just like he said, you, you want to use that to adjust your brewing style right. to, to move ahead. If you're going to keep brewing the same way all the time and be stagnant, there's no fun in that. Yeah. You're going to brew the same beer all the time, and it's not you're not going to move ahead. Even yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, I think you, be- <laughs> you, you, you give your beer to your friends, yeah. and you don't you give them a beer and say, go away, I don't want to hear from you. Sure. Yeah. You give them your beer, and you're looking at their face to see if they like it. Yeah, you really want to know. And really want if they don't like it, you find another friend. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you, you do listen to what they say, just the same way with these beer judges. Well, and make sure uh, you find out uh, the best style to enter it in, too. Right. right. So uh, yeah, read the style guidelines, find an experienced judge, ask them to tell you what style they think it is. You right. might be in the middle of two styles. Just enter it in right. both. There you go. And don't don't be thinking you're trying to fool them. Yeah, you're just trying to get it in the best style. And if it is more along the lines of all the other beers in that flight, you're going to do well. If mm-hmm. it's going to be an odd man out, probably not. Yeah. So don't feel bad about putting in, in two different styles. You don't have to pick one style. It's okay. I just go ahead and do it. Right, because it's good. some are pretty close. And if you're in the middle of it, you know you want to. You get you get different feedback, and I use that feedback to you know. To dial it in for the next time. Right. It helps you grow as a brewer, too. It's actually interesting how that works, where they set up all these style guidelines, and John was going over with me the the beers that he brewed that went to nationals. And he's and what's the number of categories that you went to nationals in? Se- well, there's seven subcategories. Uh, so you went in seven categories. Right. But only... And Jamil went in 17. But, but, how many, but how many beers was that? I went in 12. Four different beers. Okay, so that's what I mean. That's what's interesting. He was in seven categories or subcategories, but it was only four beers. Right. right? So you can you could have an Oktoberfest that goes in, in one category, and then goes in another category that you'd go, what, what are you talking about? That's yeah. not an Oktoberfest, but it just might work because that's, there's something that, about the style. Like that's exactly what, that, no, that's exactly what happened to me. Okay. Uh, I had a what I thought was a really nice Oktoberfest. And more along probably the the standard guidelines, not more than that. But uh, Jonathan said, "Why don't we put it in dark lager, also?" And it did okay. It did you know low thirties, mid thirties, probably in Oktoberfest. But it it took a first in the first round of the nationals as a dark lager. Hmm. And it's you know it's <laughs> it, what whatever. It was a Martin too, right? It, it's a nice. Right it was a nice beer, but which category did it really fit in? Yeah, which one was it closer? And and you know one of the big things about competition is you need to brew a clean, good tasting beer, right? No matter what, and all the styles can be brewed that way, right? And you know you can brew them two style and clean, well tasting beer, and if you got a junky beer but it's a style. It's it's not going to do well, yeah. you know. You you got to have a really well, you know, right. you got to brew well first, okay. and then adjust the style. Well, that's a good point. But, that's but, a really good point to, to get your process down and really brew a good beer. But don't think you got to be a master okay. to enter a contest. Yeah. And there's big contests and there's little contests out yeah. there, and you know you might want to start out with a small contest, uh, you know, a smaller county fair. There's a lot of county fairs going on yeah. in the summertime, yeah. rather than you know hitting the nationals your first round out. 
That's a good idea. And Jamil said, you know, agrees with that right in the beginning. He said, don't wait for the mythical, awesome, perfect right. beer. Right. Go ahead and enter it. And then make an awesome beer from the notes afterward. Right. Keep going with it. Mm-hmm. All right, let me break this up real quick with a question uh, sort of off topic. And then let's pick another style from our style sheet here, have a beer with it, and uh, talk about that specific style. The question is, uh, maybe you guys can help this person out. Um, and is that word dad? Okay. Uh, what kind of beer can you brew for a dad with a wheat allergy? It needs to be gluten-free. Gluten-free. Yeah, so Dr. Scott, maybe you got something in there. Obviously, uh, you're going to exclude the uh, wheat in yeah. your, uh, right. in your, in your well, uh, grain you, bill. Is there barley gluten? has wheat barley, and gluten yeah. in it. Even, okay. even barley does. There's, there are some gluten-free grains that use... Um, sorghum? Sorghum is, is common. Oh, and right. there's, there's a gluten-free um, group uh, in the United States. Okay. You find them on the web, and they have uh, recipes for brewing, or brewing gluten-free beer. People have been working on this for years. Okay. Do you have? Do you know the name of that off the top I, of your head? I don't off, off the top of my head. Maybe no. just uh, do a do a Google search for but a little there's alternate There's alternate grains beer, out yeah. there. There's alternate grains out there you can use uh, could to you brew get, with. Could you think of a style off the top of your hand that might be good with all gluten-free well, y- grains? I, I was talking to somebody else about doing this as well, and... Uh, they uh, were asking me about it, and one of the things you could do if you had uh, some uh, malted, uh, you know, sorghum, sorghum or whatever it is, yeah. mm-hmm. you could uh, toast it up in the in the uh, oven okay. and get yourself some roasted grains. Get yourself, yeah. uh, you know, wet it down and make some crystal grains out of it. But all off of the same grain. Off the same right. grain. That's, well, that's how basically all the, what it is. is that's how all beer. Barley is, is just yeah. the way they treat. The, you know, the different grain, the different okay. barleys all the way up, and that's how you use All those malts are exactly, it's okay. barley. And, you know, from that, you could make any beer. So gotcha. It's that's a big, a, that's it's a a big really project. Yeah. yeah. Sorghum, is it called? Yeah. Sorghum. Sorghum. There was a, another gluten-free grain that they're using for brewing yeah. beer, too. Mm. Uh, we should try brewing one. That's a good idea. Want to do it? We should group group effort. One. Let's do it. I'll try to track down a recipe for one, and if our yeah. website does go up this week, I'll put it up there for you. So, because uh, that, that's interesting to me, and I would like to help out somebody who can't drink beer but needs to drink beer. I like you know the what taste. I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, let me see if I can find something. But uh, go ahead and look up gluten-free beer or, or gluten-free grain on the on Google. See if you can gluten, find something. And, just gluten-free. And uh, yeah, maybe just try to make your own grains that way. That's a good idea. I didn't realize you could just totally toast it yourself. and Do a lot of stuff. Yeah, there you go. I'm just too lazy to figure that out, I guess. All right, so that was a good question. Why don't we uh, pick what what, do you, what style do you want to pick that we have a beer to coincide with? Did you bring a shilling? Yes, I did. Uh, let's talk about Scottish ales. Okay, uh, so Jamil's s- pretty much known for these. So okay, and he's got an article in the the July August two thousand five Zymergy issue. Who does? Jamil does. You're famous, Jamil. Yeah, it's called Clean and Malt. Well, he, he was famous before that. He's got two recipes in there too, by the way. Yeah, six recipes. In there. Okay, six. Is that right? I well, did the other article too on uh, ordinary bitters and milds. Yes. Okay. So Scottish ale, we're gonna do. Didn't you have? Didn't you, you can, placed in the Scotch ale this year? Didn't you, John? I did. You did. And we have these placed. Ah, very nice. Got a second. Good work, Doctor yeah. Scotch's ale. It's the difference between us. Uh, I know the difference. Never mind. What? What? And you can Str- go ahead, spit it out. Well, there is Scottish ale, but I, I see here a strong Scotch ale. Well, Scotch Same ale way. and Scottish ale, and generally the the lighter alcohol, lighter gravity ones are the Scottish ales. Okay, so a strong Scotch ale. I have a question though for Jamil. Why did they brew <laughs> such low like gravity that. ales in Scotland? I'm. I mean, it's cold up there. 
You'd think you want to be kept warm. <laughs> you want to warm up a little bit. <laughs> oh, it could be the taxes. Oh, the, 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 they did mention that, the taxes yeah, yeah, for grain. Get, yeah, they get taxed on... They taxed them on everything, you know, the grain bill, yeah, the alcohol yeah. content. Right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's the same thing in Britain. Uh, yeah, they were getting getting taxed so heavily that uh, they needed to, uh, you know, cut back. And it's actually an extremely enjoyable style when, uh, when there's not a lot of... Uh, alcohol you can have a lot of flavor still and you can drink um you know three four pints of something at you know three percent and you know still walk home from your pub versus right. if you have you know three four pints of what we're brewing in california now at you know like the average is you know six, six. and a half seven yeah. you know it's, it becomes a lot harder to walk can't home. can't throw so. your darts <laughs> yeah. straight anymore yeah. so uh <laughs> you know uh, over there uh you know drinking for the evening is a is a you know is a pastime you go down to your pub and you have a, a few pints with uh your you know friends. you stand around with your friends and uh, that's weird know. because at my house drinking for the evening is kind of a, a pastime too i'm like a little scotland over here yeah you're your own little i will never forget what you just said like, <laughs> a little scotland a little scotland <laughs> that's beautiful should yeah, change a little scotland in you i'm so, gonna put a sign on the studio door that says little, little scotland. scotland yes <laughs> this beer is very sweet very caramel uh, but yeah, malty but, it, but it's well, it's not cloyingly sweet yeah it kind of it's, it's sweet up front and it cuts out to a real nice crisp finish. Wood hops, it's awesome. This is your Scottish ale right here. Yes, this this is a, also I've won a lot of awards with this one. Um, this one smokes. Uh-huh. The uh, that is the go ahead. <laughs> that <laughs> You're is drooling the, on your mic. I'm not a big. The thing is that I'm not a big Scottish ale fan. They have a, a, a sort of a. A weird taste to me that I don't usually enjoy. This is awesome. Yeah. To me, it's because it's got that. Uh, it's an amber ale taste, right. right? It's like it's got that red ale taste, which if it's too red for me, I just don't like it. Um, it but it's it doesn't go too far the no, other the, way either. The sweetness is here, but it doesn't lay on your tongue. Ah, oh, this is uh, an awesome. How beer. many shillings is this? Eighty shillings. Okay. So what, like ten forty? Yeah, 40 in the forties. Okay. Is 40s. this recipe in Zymergy right now? Uh, no, but, He's you know, it. email me, I'll, I'll give you any recipe I got. Alright, let's do that. I just want to give this away to the listeners, cause we're sitting here ranting about this it. This smokes. These, awesome, yeah. these poor guys at home are thinking, what is that? This is an- hey, If I could pour some in this microphone, you guys could all enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> this can, is uh, a really good beer. I can, uh, you know, email you the recipe and you can put it on the website if you want or- Okay. Email it to how, me if you would. How about we just sure. forward the emails to him? So well, then he's got to do a bunch of work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just uh, email me the recipe, Jamil. We'll make it easy on you, and sure, I'll, okay. I'll distribute it. Sounds good. So um, uh, I'll give this to you guys. Well, email, and whatever other recipes you want from him, too. He sounds like he's pretty open with sure. it. So, uh, you only brought one of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Next time, bring a keg of that, please. <laughs> you're, you're obviously not afraid to give away your recipe. And, right. and why is that? Because but you the know, community, man. Well, I, bef- well, besides that, but there's well, yeah. One is you know other people they they helped me out when I was starting out, and so it's really incumbent upon me to give back anything I can, what, what however little that is, to try and you know help out. If anybody can brew better beer off of the information I give them, great. Right. You know? Um. But I I think you know it's so much more than recipe. Um, it is. You know, fermentation is everything to me, and you know the, if you can't ferment the beer properly. I can give you the recipe, I can give you the grains, I can give you the equipment, you know, same mm. equipment. You mm-hmm. could come and brew it at my house. It's not going to turn out the same if you don't ferment it the way that I do. Okay. Mm. So I, fermentation I've, is critical. I've proved that at a number of meetings. Last year, especially, we used to have uh, club brew where I would give, every, I would, I would give everybody the same 
recipe. Hmm. I would give two versions. I'd give a, a extract recipe and all grain recipe. And the only thing I quit cared about was that you followed all the recipe to the T hmm. uh, as far as the grain bill and the hops and everything else. I didn't care what water you used. I didn't care uh, what temperature you fermented at, what you mashed at, whatever. Just use the same recipe. And we at one point we had 16 beers to try. Wow. We didn't have one that was even close to the other. It was just, it was just so totally different. So Process. it's not all about recipe. Yeah. And these guys that covet their recipes and just won't give it up, yeah. you know, it's, just, it's, it's crap. It's, 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 yeah. I've actually uh, read some some past interviews from Jamil. Not always quite as naive as I pretend to be. And your yes, quote you are. is, uh, <laughs> "Well, I said not always." <laughs> I, the quote that I remember the best from you is is that somebody asked you, you know, what's the mo- most important part of the process and about brewing in that general area, and you had three answers, and they were all fermentation. <laughs> you right. just said fermentation, fermentation, fermentation. Right. It's like real estate except for yeast. It's for yeast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good, you know, it's a great point, and, and you're not the only one that I've heard say that. Other people have, you know, they want to know about, hey, wh- what if I use these hops? What if I use that? And, right. and aside from deciding your IBUs and other specifics everybody pretty much says look you can use whatever you want it's yeah. going to be great beer if you ferment it right anybody can make work well, it, and it, well it is the yeast uh real estate right that yeah. you're messing with you're manipulating them. and you, you mess with their neighborhood too much and they're, they're not going to be happy <laughs> that valve breaks oh yeah yeah <laughs> so let's talk about this it. uh l- let's get into some specifics of this style of, of some scotch ales what are some characteristics no, of, a, of a scottish ale sorry of scottish ales don't make me come over so there. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are, if you look in the guidelines they they actually group the 60 70 and 80 shilling together under one description because what's uh, a shilling shilling is a you know scottish, scottish you know currency and and what they did uh uh, way back when is they named the beer based on uh, how much tax they paid on a barrel of beer. Okay. So they paid 60 shillings of tax on a lower gravity beer and okay. 70 shillings on the next one up and 80 on that. And they, they had all ranges of them. So when you're talking shillings in the beer style, you're talking about gravity. Starting gravities, yeah. Right. Okay. And so, uh, uh, you know, all of them are, are quite clean, malty, some caramel character. Um, you know, low hop character, enough, uh, hop bitterness to balance. Um, no, no real hop aroma, no real hop flavor. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, one of the, the great crimes was that the old style guide kept talking about all the smokiness that's supposed to be in there. Yeah. Scottish ales should not be smoky. There should be no, like no smoke. Tour? You know, no, there shouldn't be any. And, no sp- and people started putting, you know, smoke malts in there because, there was you know, some theory that you know they were using Peated. peat. Yeah, where the water in Scotland was running through the peat bogs, and right. so it was. You know, uh. it's no, that's a bunch of nonsense. You go to Scotland, <laughs> they're not smoky at all. Um, okay. So uh, you know the 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 thing about those beers is clean, malty, some caramel. You know, uh, no real fruitiness. Uh, what about no roasty? Hops. Am I mixing up my caramel with my roasty you as can, I'm drinking you your beer? A, you can get a slight touch of roasty mm-hmm. in there. As you go up in shillings, you tend to find a little more roasty in some of the, the higher shilling beers. Do you beers. use roasted okay. barley for color? Um, I believe I do. I, I think I even use some pale chocolate in there. It's it's okay. pretty much the same recipe that's in Zymergy now, except uh, you can you can take that 60-shilling recipe in Zymergy and just scale it up, and you know, there's your seventy shilling, your eighty shilling. You can just throw in more pale just malt and, and make the different beers. Wow! 
Um, Interesting as a as a commercial example on the BJCP guidelines. Um, it's for a Scottish export, which is one of the subcategories of the Scottish. Which government. is what we're we're having now. McEwen's IPA. Actually, have an IPA in there, which would be interesting under you saying, you know, you don't want a strong hop presence in this style generally. But, but uh, uh, you can put the letters on the bottle, but that right. doesn't put the hops in there. So, yeah, yeah. I guess you know, there, any a lot of English beers will have IPA listed. Okay, and they won't have any perceptible hops like we would expect right. out here. It, it's you know it's something you know completely different. It's marketing okay. over there more than anything. Huh. Gotcha. All right, you guys want to try another style? Let's do it. You got more to say about that one? That's a damn good beer, Jamil. It is a damn good. good. I think everybody is there left. Not in my glass. Not mine either. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping the bottle. No, that would, uh, he's gonna bring two next. You time. guys out there, you <laughs> should get this recipe and brew this thing, because all right, Jamil, you're gonna have yeah, to send check that out this Dimergy magazine. July, August, my taste buds are dancing. Issue. All right, what do you want to do? You want to do English brown ales? Let's talk about English browns. All right, English brown ales. Yeah. We got an example of this one too. Another oh, Jamil. Yeah. He's got example. a couple, I think. What did you bring? A mild and a. I have a feeling you, we're going to get yeah, did you bring, a, did you bring a mild and a uh, southern English brown. Is this the one that placed the Nationals this year? Yeah, this uh, southern English brown was uh, Dang, first spoiled. place in the final of the National this year. And That's that, what I was thinking too, Dr. Scott. We are getting spoiled. And, we are. And my southern English got first in the first round. Is that right? So, uh-huh. <laughs> a little competition here. Nice. You know, that's that's where the regional tastes come in. Um, you know, across the nation. So, what are you saying? John's was crap. It was just the region. <laughs> no, it just uh, one no, one um, notch less crap. Yeah, <laughs> totally. No, it, you know, it, it, there's a slightly different uh, you know perception of you know one way or the other, yeah. and uh, you know that'll make a difference. I just so had a good idea for you listeners at home because uh, I'm thinking, you know, the next time we have Jamil in here. Uh, what we gotta do is, is we actually gotta give away some trips to the studio. Yeah. So that like some of our listeners can actually hang out in the studio with us and drink this beer. Because it's a shame that they're not getting to it, to enjoy it. I think that would be effective too, just for competing. You know, I mean people, cause if you could taste other people's beers at competitions if you yeah. went to them. Yeah. That'd be helpful for a brewer. But in particular, what a great prize to give away that people can come in and drink Jamil's beer. Yes. So yeah. I'm just letting you folks at home know so, so that we, we don't have see a giveaway of Jamil's beer. You well, don't see too wait, jerky. We can, we can give away a trip like to Matt. He's like four miles away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got somebody close. Yeah, I don't know if the budget fits in like we can send the Australians over here or anything, but uh so what are we drinking? Can we, give, can we give away so, one of your beers? Do you have one at home that we could send to somebody? Or would you would you be willing to part with it? Uh, <laughs> sure. Even if it's yeah, just a twelve sure. ounce, you're allowed to say no. I'll stand oh, yeah. up for yeah. you. Yeah, uh, sure. Just a twelve ounce bottle. I'll, I'll pick one out. All right. <laughs> All right. A wheat beer. Don't call yet. We're gonna make it a. You're gonna have to work for it. Jamil's not just gonna give it away for nothing. That light American lager. He did um, some work on it. I'm gonna make you work for it. But we'll give away one of those because it'll be well worth the victory. I think. Have a, that would be a question, a trivia question, or to, yeah. To oh stop. yeah. No, it's um, gonna be some work. What are we drinking here? This is uh, mild, and uh, the the one thing about this mild was way too carbonated for an English mild. Um, but you know, sometimes in competition you. Put a little more gas in a beer yeah. because you're not sure, you know, uh, and especially in the lighter beers, sometimes they can use a little more gas. But if you put too much in, it, it gets a carbonic harshness, and that can that can knock you out. Right. So there's, there's a lot of little adjustments. You carbonation do. has a lot to do yeah. with it because it has right. mouthfeel, has, uh, gives a little yes. bitterness from the carbonic acid. Absolutely. Um, but if it's too flat, you're going to get knocked down a little bit too. It's just kind of that perception mm-hmm. of it. Uh and a lot of judges, like when they pour it, depends on the steward who's pouring it, it gets splashed. 
a lot of the carbonation comes out. The guy likes to swirl it a lot, and mm-hmm. then you're gonna lose carbonation that way. So if you want to overcompensate, put a little more gas in it. The guy's probably gonna swirl it to get some aroma out of it. I think I got a question from the chat room about that. It might have to do yeah. with that. Let me ask this though first. To me, this is a lot more carbonated than say like a Newcastle brown yeah. ale. Yeah, th- right. this and one's a little excessive. Last time I entered it, I actually degassed a few bottles. You did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but I see, I prefer a more carbonated beer, so to me it makes the brown better. I did a multi-brown, uh, one of my best brews out of the few that I'd done was the multi-brown, and I added, I kept the carbonation on a couple of days longer just to make it a little more carbonated. I thought it was awesome. Get a little more head on there, too. Isn't that what Hugh good. Grant did? No. Yeah, I think he did. Multi-brown. Two multi-brown. <laughs> this, this beer is only about 2.5% alcohol. Wow. So there's a, a lot, lot of flavor. flavor. There's a lot of body. There's a lot in there. At two and a half percent alcohol, you can drink, you know, three of these pints, and, and you just like, get fat. Yeah, and you just, you know, you, you can enjoy a bunch of beer oh, yeah. and, and be just fine. So that's that's one reason I got into these. You know, I got kids. I don't want to be, you know, three sheets to the wind all the time. Right. I, I like to have a beer, you know, at the end of work and yeah. you know still be lucid. So right, you know, a, a two and a half percent alcohol beer with a lot of flavor is perfect yeah. for me. Yeah. I like to do that while I'm driving. You know, you exactly. stay. Uh, well, it'll keep you I'm below kidding, that eight, eight. No, it gets you below that point eight percent in I when you're in Montana. Montana. I totally moved to Montana. Uh, by the way, I never drink and drive. I just want you guys to know. You're a good man. It's not a joke. I, I never drink and drive. I know you don't. The joke was never mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, question about brown ales. I guess that brown brown malt is that really what the question is? That brown malt is hard to find in certain areas. Yes. Okay. Yes. So all right. So is brown malt really critical for brewing a brown ale? And if so, what's the best substitute for it? Um, I've I've never used brown malt in, okay. in a brown ale. Um, I have brown malt. You can, uh, you know, uh, who's uh, is Beeston's making it? Or there's uh, it's, it, there's it is several hard to find. several places that that well, have it. It's but, only the internet away, so it's not that hard to find. Yeah, but is you know, do you really need it? No. Uh, it it was mostly around before they really had cool pale malts. Right. Uh, it was it was a base malt. Back in England, before they knew how to kiln it well and have a pale malt, so it's no, it's not really essential to have in that thing. Okay, you right, but you're right; it is hard to find. Not that many people have it. Uh, Williams uh, has it, uh, but okay. Yeah. So a good caramel or something you're saying is the substitute for a brown malt? No, no. no, so no, what, no give no. me a good substitute. Well, it's it's a base malt. Uh, brown yeah. ale is a, a base malt, so you just go a real back toast, to back. toasty biscuity base malt. Okay. Right. You're, yeah. Like okay. a, in, in, Engl- in English, two row. What about Pro- yeah, Marisotter? Would you use that or? Well, you'd use a you'd use a base malt, and it's it's the same thing that happened in England. Every they were brewing everything with brown brown right. malt, and then uh, they discovered that it was very inefficient, so they went to. Uh, with pale malt and then using darker grains to uh, flavor, you know, everything. flavor everything, and that's that's the way it's done now. And uh, you know, only for historic reasons would you want right. to use brown malt. I'm I'm going to brew an all brown malt beer just to see what it turns out like. Okay, but, cool. brown uh, brown malt is a base malt. It's kiln pretty high, and it kills a lot of the enzymes. Yeah, it's like so sixty you, love. Yeah, so yeah. you're not you're not going to get uh, all your you're not going to get get the conversion rate because you kill a lot of your enzymes when you're malting it and then killing it at that high of a temperature. So when they when they got into being able to kiln hmm. a paler malt with, you know, different different processes of doing that, they were getting more beer out of their out of their malt. Okay. Would you use all that malt 
strictly just yeah 60 love baseball and don't even add you, anything else to it you might throw in a you know handful of pale just to ensure good conversion and, okay. and then maybe throw in some kind of toasted to get a little bit of flavor but you uh, know that, that brown malt's pretty toasty. it's pretty yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. toasty okay. okay so for a no brown malt brew then you're gonna go with with almost any good base malt but add your toasty and biscuity grains Biscuit to get malt, in there yeah, and your okay. aromatic. if you're if you're doing an english uh brown ale um you know marisotter has your base malt okay um you know, a little chocolate malt. Okay. Um, you know, uh, you can throw in some 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 of the roasted grains, um, a little bit of crystal. Okay. And uh, gets you gets you pretty close. Yeah. Okay. That so sounds pretty close, actually, to my to the to the mini mash malt that I got from B three that I did. That's about the grain bill in there. Yeah. I, I brew their recipe actually, and I entered as a Southern English Brown. It's done well. Nice. I just changed the base malt to Marisotter and then do every specialty grain straight up what okay. they have. So. Uh, the carbonation drop that we were talking about and i don't know if that's exactly what this question's referring to but the question about competition from the chat room is do you have an opinion about carbonation drops and i, I don't I, I guess they would uh, i i would assume they're meaning what oh Dr. Scott wait, uh, wait 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 are we talking about the little prime tabs the, the, the or little carbonate? prime tab or the or the little by uh, li- they're like little oh, little yeah, chunks yeah. of sugar that you, you pump carbonation in carbonation drops ah, yeah. gotcha. okay. okay now i hear you all right go um, ahead give us a, that, that's we can answer that question too then well, um, for me personally, I don't bottle condition. I, yeah, I, don't I keg everything and counter pressure fill because you can control things better. Um, you can clarify mm-hmm. your beer. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's no issues with oxidation. The carbonation's the same. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a much better controlled process. But um, for people who are carbonating um, in the bottle or conditioning in the bottle, uh, those carbonation drops seem like a great idea to me. It's, it's very, know, it's, yeah, it's measured out already. Nice and consistent. You right. Can, you know. and, and that's what it is, the, the consistency. I don't, I don't bottle condition either because I like to dial in my carbonation yeah. and it's all about temperature and pressure at that well, point. Well, she does style nice, too. The yeah. nice thing about, uh, uh, you know, carbonating in a keg is you can dial it up. Yep. You know, a beer gets to a certain magical spot with a certain carbonation. It mm-hmm. tastes really good and it's creamy and it's rich and it's, it's just right. And, and you know it's balanced out some of the sweetness with the carbonation, and then you let the carbonation get higher, and then it becomes a little harsher, and it's not quite as good. And you can see that certain range in there. Yeah. If you can, you can, you can, you know, if you've gone past it, you can dial it down, you can dial it up, and once you've got it dialed in, then you can go ahead and fill your bottles, and then you've got right. a, a really nice beer. And you can way. you can taste it right out of the keg to right. get it where you want before you commit your bottles to it. Right. I agree with that. That's uh, one of the one of the main reasons I switched over to to kegging. Uh, that I was having issues with not getting the right carbonation levels at all. They were too much. They were too little. I just wasn't happy about it. Plus, that it was a pain. The and your roommates the weren't washing the bottles. Exactly. That was a pain too. Although my dishwasher was. So that was. How long did it take you to bottle? Uh, it doesn't. It's Two not that it hours? takes long. No, no, not at all. It didn't take long. I could get it done pretty quick. Yeah. Just a pain. You're leaning yeah. over a table and you're worried about contamination. You want to make sure everything's right. And you know, it's just a pain. But but more so, I was sick of having a batch come out that wasn't carbonated right. You know, I had yep. a gusher one batch. Mm-hmm. The first batch I ever talked to Doctor Scott about the night I, I, I first went to a dose right. meeting. I talked to you about it later that night. Didn't carbonate at all. Uh, which, and then Dr. Yeah. Scott got me into putting a temperature next to my bottles that I was, that I was bottling, you know, so that I would know I was, that they weren't too cold and they, yeah. it was warm enough for the yeast to do their work. Uh, so I started did, doing that. Did it help? Uh, it did help. Yeah. My next two batches were fine and then I got a gusher. It was probably an infection. Which, it, well, either that or, or I think, um, 
Your final gravity plays an issue too. Yeah, Morgan told me I probably bottled it before it was done fermenting, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I waited quite a while, but who knows? I could have well, done what, so. Sometimes it ferments more in the bottle than you thought, so that's yeah. either your final gravity is too high or you've got an, an infection with bacteria that's that awesome. will right. eat the things that the yeast won't. Mm. And if you're a newbie out there, by the way, I didn't know what a gusher was until I asked somebody <laughs> what the heck my bottles were doing. A gusher is when you, you know, you're storing your your 22 ounce bottles in the cabinet one day, and you go back the next day, and two of them have exploded. No, no, those are bottle bombs. <laughs> and the, well, actually, before mine exploded, I opened them, and you pour them into a glass, and you just basically pour a glass of foam that never goes away. You know what I did? <laughs> I refused to. I refused to ditch the beer. Right? I just I think it's wrong, and I think it should be illegal to waste beer. So what I would do is I would, before I wanted to drink it, I'd open it in the bottle and sit the bottle in my sink for about an hour before I was ready to drink it and let the carbonation, it would just, it literally would foam over just by opening the bottle for an hour. That's before. a gusher. It's definitely a gusher. And if you've ever had one of those and you didn't know what it was, that's a gusher. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned into a couple days later, a bottle bomb where it yeah. actually blew up in my, luckily they were all in their nice little cardboard boxes and it didn't right. go all over. So I, I lucked out. Um, back to the toasting. I, I, we we sort of answer this question. Let's just make sure we're clear. Uh, someone wants to know if if toasting Maris Otter or Golden Promise would be a good way to approximate brown malt. But I think we had said you'd want to use Maris Otter as a base malt, right. and then pick some other malts that you could go get, ahead and get toast. to the toasty part. Yeah. At that what point. do you think about that, Jamil? You can. Um, uh, I know. Uh, I think Ray Daniels has has done a bunch of stuff on that, and he he might have some instructions somewhere on the web or in designing great beers about uh, toasting, uh, you know, malt to to make your own brown malt. Okay. But if, but if you're toasting your base malt, yeah. you're going to kill your enzymes, so you you won't get to yeah. You know. Right. So you don't toast the marisota. No, I think don't he's talking about roasting everything and getting getting brown malt yeah, and then using you, that as the base malt. But you hold you hold back a handful. And toss it, and it'll it'll convert. Okay, so you could do that as long as you're leaving some plain marisada or golden right. yeah. promise. Half in there. pound, pound. But it might be better if you use those as your base malts and add some other toasted grains, Char- in character there. grains, right. right, or some chocolate, even yeah, something exactly. like that. It might be better to keep your base malts as they are. Uh, okay. There we go. Uh, and then let me get this other question in here because I don't want to miss anybody. It's about gravities. Uh, what's the point of brewing low-gravity ales? Is a 1055 a low-gravity ale? <laughs> no. It's not. What is it? Wh- what's the cutoff? Well, it depends on you know, style, I'm sure. Well, it depends Roughly. on, you know, what's what's rich, you know. When, you know, when when are you a rich person? You know, right. How much money do you need to have? Okay. So, uh uh, you know, it's the same thing on low gravity. For me, low gravity is, you know, 1035 or less. Right, yeah. Um, you know, for, you know, in, in, uh, you know, most, most brew pubs nowadays, you get below, like, uh, Fred Eckert, he was saying, you know, uh, below 1055 is, you know, uh, a session beer. Yeah. Um, nowadays. I'm yeah. with him. Yeah, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, for me, that's still, that's still quite a bit. And, and yeah. you know, if you go over to England and, and you get into the session beers there, you, you realize, you know, it's such a, you know, fantastic drinking experience with, uh, you know, a beer that's, you know, two or three percent alcohol. Right. And, you know, you can have so much, you can, you can try six of them because, you know, the flavors. Yeah. Good and enough, you, and you try all the whole ones. And, Just because it's a low gravity beer does not mean that it's going to be flavorless or right. bodiless. Right. Like the mild we just tasted, we, which we was just awesome. tasted a mild, and it was just killer. And yeah. hmm. it's just the, the alcohol isn't there. You compensate it for it in other ways, 
but uh, it doesn't you don't have to brew a 1055 to have a good taste in beer, a good strong flavored beer. Damn you, Doctor Scott. Well, I don't brew no, like, I, don't, I don't brew that low. But. <laughs> yeah, Actually, uh, that's part of the discussion with the um, North Carolina six percent beer thing that we talked about in the in the game earlier. Um, the the legislation is saying, you know, you don't need to have a, a stronger beer. Anything over a 6% beer, and, and I don't agree with this. I'm just giving the argument. Anything over a 6% beer is is allowing people to get drunk faster, and you can have great beer that's below 6%. So they're going to no. be serving them half glasses of wine then. Yes. Right. Well, you, they, can, you can have great beers that are, you know, 12%, and that's a, a different flavor characteristic. Right. Know, and the that's the other the argument. That, that's the know. pop the top right. argument that's alcohol going on has right a, now. Alcohol has a flavor profile to yeah, it and a yeah. feel and, and a yeah, feel absolutely. and everything and i i love belgian beers mm-hmm. and you can tell when they hit the style and when it's not right uh and he showed me here that you can have a th- what three percent two percent beer yeah, 2.8 and it's 2. killer beer all right if you're judging what is a high gravity beer is there a number that you guys would use to say this is a high gravity beer because you got to have some parameters, right, in, in, when you're judging. Right, but you don't, um, you know, it's, that's not one of the, the main things that you're you're doing your analysis on. I mean, it, you know, is it to style? And there are styles that are kind of considered high gravity. Okay. You know, a lot of the Belgian Strongs, the, the Barley Wines, the Wee Heavy, the, uh, you know, the uh, Imperial, Imperial Stouts, Stouts, Imperial IPAs, things like that are considered high gravity. Okay. Um uh, you know, anything, uh, you know, but if you go to England and again, uh, you know, old peculiar is, you know, like a 5% beer and it's, you know, 1057, uh, starting gravity. And they consider that a big beer. Uh, yeah. I was knocking back a couple of pints of that and people looked at me like I was a madman. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how can you drink that much alcohol? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a really good beer, but I've never gotten that. I think before. I need to go over there and yeah. put a bet down on the, on the board. <laughs> yeah. I bet I can drink three of these. Four of these. <laughs> right. All right. You guys want to move on to the uh, fourth and final Belgian style? Strong Ales. Belgian Strong. Is that what we're drinking here, too? No, this is no. uh, the Southern English the, Brown. No, no. That's still the Brown. This is the one that yeah. uh, was uh, first place in the final round of the Nationals. How old is this beer? Deserved it. This Another is. I probably brewed this around uh, November or so. So it's still newer than what you could buy from England. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't care for this that much. I you know I thought my Northern <laughs> English Brown was flawless and was uh, you know just a, a perfect example, and it didn't do anything in the first round. It it did well in like the Reno competition, and you know I was talking with several people, and they thought it should have been the the best of show there, mm. but uh, it didn't do anything in the first round of the Nationals. Okay, but, and I still think that's a far better beer than this one. But this mm. one mm. placed. You know, this is a good beer. It's well done, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know it's not going to place or it's going to place. There's there's a lot of factors in there. And, yeah. Now, what about separating northern versus southern? What makes the difference? I'm, southern, southern is southern's more high gravity. Or? Yeah. Well, it's going to have a. They're they're about the same gravity. It's going to have some. Some more roasty character to it. It's going to be darker. Okay. Uh, this, the the northern is going to be more like a Newcastle, where it's uh, lighter in color and uh, uh, not as roasty. Okay. So there's that roasty uh, northern southern thing, pretty much. And is it maltier sweetness. or is it drier? Uh, you know, they're about the same. Hmm. How well, often, Jamil, are you range. sitting at home saying that judge was a retard and my beer should have won? 
you know, I, I probably said that, you know, a few times when I started out, but, um, you know, now pretty much never, because I judge a lot. Okay. I, I go to a lot of competitions and I judge, so. So sometimes you're I've, the retard. I've, I've learned. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Nine times out of ten, that's me. Um, <laughs> you know, but I've, I've learned a lot about, uh, you know, what goes on in competitions and how the judging happens. And, and all, all you're really looking for from the judge is, you know, their analytical aspect of the beer. Okay. At that time, you know, maybe they had a bad day or maybe they had, you know, onions for breakfast or whatever. And, right. you know, it's going to affect them in some way. That's not right or wrong. That's just the condition of human beings when they try and use them as an analytical tool. Yeah. And as long as the judge is writing down what they perceived, I tasted, you know, roast. I tasted, you know, oranges. I tasted roses. Okay. And then they say that's too style or not. You cannot argue with that. That is what they perceived. You, okay. you don't know what their taste buds are, so you have to. You know, the the I, I did get a score sheet once where it had ones all the way down, and it said too sweet. Those were the words on it. Right? I mean, <laughs> and I looked at this, and I go, "This judge is a retard." You know, yeah, I, you know, yeah. he wasn't BJCP because somebody who's BJCP would, would not do something. They like give that. you a feedback. I've had that Feed, before too. Yeah. It's just like and almost the same comment all the way down. I got nothing out of this judge. Yeah. It was. I can't make a better beer out of your comments. It's a total waste of money. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're you're yeah. you send the beer in because you believe it's good. You pay you know the entry fees because you believe it's good, and if you don't win, you want to um, know least, why. You know, at least you want to know at what you could do to make it better. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, the judge needs to provide that feedback. If they don't, take those score sheets, send them to the BJCP, and say this is unacceptable. That makes okay? sense. Okay, that makes sense. Well, uh, and same note there is too is uh, a lot of. I see novice judges. All their comments seem to be is negative. I taste astringency. I taste the blah 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 all the way through instead of the good parts too. And right. I notice that when you get to a more experienced judge, there's a nice balance between what they don't like, what they do like. Keep doing this. You really hit the money on this, but maybe back off with the mm-hmm. hops a little. And bit. And it'll score you low too. Right. Yeah, but I think our, that's informative. Right. It helps you out. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Right. As long as you know what's good and what's bad, you can you can start to and and what specific things are make it good or bad. Right. You can start to adjust, and you know with that information you can make a better beer, and you can you know continue to improve your beer through that process. And then you know you change one thing, re-enter it, see what the next set of judges say, mm-hmm. and go okay, you know that was a little too much or not enough or you know th- I've got it dialed in on that aspect now. Now I need to deal with the bittering. You know, and you start going through that process. You can really, you know, uh, I started out, uh, you know, with a, entering a beer in the uh, Maltos Falcons Mayfair. One beer. Because it was a, my chocolate hazelnut porter. Because I right. thought it was really good. Right. And I give it to people. And they're going, yeah, yeah, that's 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 a great beer. That's a great <laughs> beer. <laughs> and I said, you know, I, I think it's really good. And, you know, I'm not sure if people are telling me it's a great beer because, you they're know. They're your friends. I'm, yeah. I'm, they're my friends or they're, you know. I, I don't know. So I sent it off. Sure enough, I got like a third place. First competition, first beer I ever sent in. That's a big competition. And I was like, you know, see, this is a good beer. And, <laughs> but they had some really good comments as to why it wasn't the first place beer. Right. I told myself right then and there, okay, I'm going to rebrew this. I'm going to do what they're se- telling me. And, you know, I'm going to enter it again and see if I do better. Sure enough, I did that, entered it the next year. I got first place. Nice. And that kind of hooked me on the whole aspect of... You know, these judges, these are people who are, you know, without any preconceived notions. They're approaching your beer and they're trying to analyze it the best that they can. Yeah. 
and that's valuable. And that's it's not where easy. The money. Well, so. the, the good judges are there to actually help you out. They're not to try to single who's first place, second place. They're judging for numbers, and they're trying to help you. And they know that's why you're in the competition mm-hmm. to help you brew a better sure. beer. If they've got that kind of attitude, and you can tell by the comments if they've got that kind of attitude. Yeah. And those are the best ones. Yeah. All right. And they're volunteering their time, too. So. Yeah. Let's do a quick Belgian Strong Ale review and then take a break, and then we're going to get more into Jamil and, and his Belgian history. Strong Ale. So let's, let's do a Belgian Strong Ale. Let's talk about that style. I want to know how Jamil gets his beers dry, or how do you get a low gravity in your Belgian Strong Before, hang on a okay. second. Let's talk about the characteristics of <laughs> a Belgian. Belgian so are, yeah. are you saying then that Belgian Strong Ales are supposed to be dry well, and low gravity? Just give me some of the characteristics. They, they start out very high gravity, and you want them to get to very low gravity. Okay. Right. What are some other characteristics of a Strong Ale? Um... Aroma wise or flavor wise? Yeah, sure, all of it. The Give phenolics it and warming alcohol. Yeah. Okay. No legs on the glass. Gotcha. Pretty malty, no bitterness. Is there a general color or they can be any color? Strong ales, triples are usually golden in color, right? Yeah. Okay. And but dark strongs. You know, if you go to Belgium, though, and you talk to Belgian brewers about styles, they're going to look at you like you're really you're yeah. a nutcase. <laughs> you know, they brew beer. And, and they're happy yeah. with their beer. Yeah. And it, it could be anything. Oh, now that's definitely interesting when you, when you, when you're talking beer with people from other countries and you're talking beer with home brewers who are entering competitions and they want to know about the styles. You're right. I find more often as I talk to other people from other countries that they're, well, I, I don't know, is it good beer? Yes, it's good beer. Then it's beer. Stop asking me about what style it is. Right? Right. You know, yeah. it's, <laughs> beer is beer. I brewed it the way I know how to brew and you liked it. What else do you want to know? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. But for competition's sake, there has to be these criteria, I suppose. Right. So, well, it's oh. inter- well, Jamil was talking about how he brewed a Belgian Golden Strong Ale, but it placed as a Belgian Blonde Ale. Because it wasn't dry enough for a for a. But you still had strong. the gravity of a strong? or Yeah, it was real close to the, the strong. It was, it was a touch too much for the blonde. Interesting. Mm. But, you know. It, you know, it didn't attenuate enough, so the alcohol was about right. Did you enter the same beer as a triple? Yes, I did. <laughs> Interesting. So same I wasn't, beer, I three categories. I wasn't sure which, which category was best. I only entered in two because okay. I knew it wasn't a good strong golden. Right. It was not dry enough for that. And I was kind of like, well, it's kind of between a triple and a blonde. The judges will tell me which it is better as, okay. and, you know, it'll go on as that. Well, lo and behold, it placed us both a triple and a blonde in the first round. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you know you're you're counting on the judges to tell you what what it's closer to, and and it it turned out it was just kind of a tweener. You know, right. they had a hard time with it too. It was a very good beer, but it just was kind of tween the styles there, and uh, you know they did what they could with it, and you know, that's the way it goes. Um, as far as you're asking about getting a, a dryness in the in the the Belgians, you have to go like 30% corn sugar or table sugar. 30% sugar. Use uh, you know use a real low mash temp. You know okay. one, you know in the in the 140s. So corn sugar is more fermentable than an actual sugar from a from a mash. You, you can you know, yeah you can yeah not malt sugar just use okay. sucrose okay because totally Devil it's hundred percent fermentable. C N H big bag of C N H yeah um, you know 30%. Really? really? wow yeah. and then uh, giant uh, yeast. Uh, pitches Mega. and it, Mega. you know sometimes it takes a long time for those to ferment out properly and you know you can you can let them ferment for six months you wow. know, before they're really done i've got two conicals full of those that's the first time i ever heard corn sugar being used in the belgium 
like well, stout they, they beer for beet sugar or any sugar. They use whatever sugar is cheapest. Right. Okay. That's that's what they do. You know. That in in Belgium they actually add sugar back to their mash or to the boil. Oh yeah, they. Oh actually, yeah. They uh, use a lot of, really lot of adjuncts. Oh yeah, they use the tons of adjuncts. I thought it was all mash based. No. No. There's a there's a uh, you know, in uh, Coif in San Diego, they have you know some of the best Belgian brewers. I think you know in, in that homebrew club of any homebrew club, those Herald. guys really Harold and yeah. Dave and uh, you know all those guys. Bill, they're, they're making some incredible Belgians down there. And then you know uh, Peter from Alesmith, he's you know spun off and he was a Coif member. Now he's brewing some really incredible uh, you know commercial Belgian beers that are they're just amazing. Trader. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I respect that. But, That's uh, awesome. You know, uh, well, and he's, he's still a great, great home brewer at heart. And, uh, you know, that, you know, that, that type of stuff, they, you know, they'll fly over to Belgium and they'll talk to the brewers and they'll do their research and they'll come back and they'll keep working it and, uh, get some really impressive beers out of there. Some yeah. of the best Belgians I've, I've, you know, uh, uh, and, you know, Tom Arthur down at, uh, uh, you know, Pizza Port. Pizza Port, you know, he's brewing some incredible Belgians as well. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's that whole area is very steeped in, in that, that style of beer. Yeah. Well, Vinny's doing that too in Russian Yeah, Rivers, so. I can't yeah, wait to get him in here and, and rack his brain on that one. Talks, I'll make him bring some Belgians, huh? Where do you Give ferment your Belgians at? At home. Well, I know. <laughs> what temperature? What temperature? What place in the house? Also, <laughs> what temperature? Um, it, it, it depends on, on what I'm brewing, but, uh, uh, just about everything, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep it, uh, you know, below 70, you know, upper 60s. Uh, oh, nice. I could do that. But you don't go above 70 degrees for that? Generally not. Huh. No. Why think, is that surprising? I you wanted to do that. You get, for, you get, well, so, you get you, such you fusels it. from it, you yeah. know. Oh, okay. So this is the, the brain zapping fusels, which, you know, when you're doing high-gravity beers and in competition, you want something that, you know, a lot of times is really hotly alcoholic. And it's not a very good example of style, hmm. but the judges seem to, you know, some judges, especially maybe late in the flight, they don't, uh, you know, they don't, uh, uh, you know, perceive, you know, just a gentle warming of alcohol anymore, and they think there's no alcohol in it. You know, I can brew a 10% beer that you can't taste any alcohol, but after you've had a pint, it's hard to stand up. Mm-hmm. Well, that does horribly in competition. Hmm. Because you know, uh, you know, people are expecting alcohol, right. you know, and they want a hot alcohol. They want to taste it. They want a lot of fusels and you know, a real solventy, a real headache-inducing beer. And that's you know, it's really disappointing. It's you know, it's the same thing that has happened to Oktoberfest. Yeah. So. Uh, it's out of hand. Someone yeah. in the uh, this whole brewery is out of order. But it's not. It's not every judge, and it's you know, it's just it's some of the you know the less experienced people sometimes. Chat room wants to know if you secondary your Belgium for six months. No, I don't secondary anything. You don't? No, I don't believe in it. It's Tell me about extra, that. Ex, it's an extra step for infection. But you're using a conical fermenter then? I use conical for lagers, and okay. that's only because of the initial pitch. What um, about ales? The trube. Ales I do in uh, carboys. And you just leave it on the trub there? Yeah. How long? You got no problem with that? No. So tell me about why other folks, Dr. Scott included, will talk to me about uh, trub and leaving my beer on trub. Um, you know, it, it, it depends on, you know, how much trube you're, you're carrying over from your uh, boil kettle. Okay. Um, and, you know, in, in, in most ales, you are going to be done, uh, you know, within, you know, 14 days. Right. You know, even a, in a barley wine. But 
you can leave as long as that fermentation temperature. The yeast will sit there for a month, no mm-hmm. problem. You okay. Know, no, nothing. Nothing's going to go wrong for that. You know, if the temperature's good. right. Yeah. Okay. And and the yeast was healthy. Okay. Uh, you know, it'll it'll sit there. It'll be just fine. Okay. Um, you know, there's no problem. You can just leave it until it's done fermenting, and it, it, they'll they'll clean up a lot of the acetaldehyde and a lot of the other uh, you know DMS and uh, other other issues that that'll be there. Okay. The yeast will clean up after itself if you let it. Interesting. If you take the beer off the yeast, um, you know, so I, and and every time you transfer to another container, you're adding more contamination. Yeah. You know, there's some bit of contamination every time. You're not sterilizing, you're sanitizing, and you're picking up something every time you do it. Okay. And the more uh, contaminants you pick up, the the less stable a beer will be. The you know the less uh, you know it, it's just not going to be as good a beer. Is yeast the only trub? Trube. Some people say, I guess. Is it supposed to be trube? Trube. Because I've heard both. Trub, troop. Well, you're wrong then. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Trub. I heard them both. <laughs> yeah, I heard them both too. So. Um, is it only yeast that you're worried about, or what about hop troop then? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about the yeast themselves. The yeast are fine. It's it's uh, you know it's uh, uh, fatty acids and it's uh, you know the hops and it's uh, it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know the cold break and stuff. Um, but you're saying that for a regular 14 day fermentation, none of the none of those things, the hops or the fatty acids, are. And, and if you're pitching big. You know, most ales are done, you know, in, in four or five days. I, and what I do is I leave them 10 days. Okay. okay. It's done in four days, but I let it sit there 10 days and I just take my time getting to it. And, and then what do you do? Improve. Keg and it then up. I, and then I keg it up and I'm, I'm ready to go. Really? Um, as far as uh, loggers go though, that's where, where the conicals come into play. And okay. one of the things that George Fix was, was big on was getting rid of uh, the majority of the cold break and the troube out of the, uh, out of the fermenter before you uh, pitched and fermented your your lagers, and it makes a big difference in um, you know the fruity esters and other components of of the the ferment. So I use the conical for my lagers. If I'm doing a five and a half gallon batch, I'll brew a six and a half gallons of wort, get that in the fermenter. I'll put it in uh, you know the refrigerator, or I'll get the cooling unit going, and I'll crash that down into the forties, and that might take eight to twelve hours. Okay. And then I'll just let it sit there. I've, I have pitch, no pitching of yeast, nothing. Uh, all the cold break will settle out to the bottom. And once it's done, I'll draw a gallon off and I toss that. And that's got all the, the cold break in it. And then I've got just clear wort uh, ready to ferment. And then I'll pitch my yeast, oxygenate, and uh, uh, ferment my lagers then. You'll okay. pitch so, at 40 degrees? Yeah, I pitch uh, like 43, 44 degrees, and then I let it warm up from there. I never go above 50 degrees. And you, where do you raise it to? Um, I'll, I'll get up into, you know, 47, 48. Wow. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I don't do a diacetyl rest or any of that stuff that people do. Um, it's, mm. it's not needed. If you pitch cold and you have healthy yeast and you let it have an appropriate amount of time, you know, don't rush the yeast. Let them do what they're going to do. You know, you only get these shorter times if you really pitch a lot of healthy yeast. And even then, you know, they can use the time to, to clean up after themselves. You get a much cleaner beer if you, if you, if you just take your time. Don't go by, you get these, you know, beer instructions that say, you know, seven days later, do this. Right. And, you know, that's nonsense. You know, they don't know the condition of the yeast. Right. So only the yeast know when they're done. You, you just give them plenty of time. They'll finish up. They won't do anything worse. Right. Pass that. For a lager, like how long do you actually leave it on the primary or on the yeast pit for that matter? Um, you know, I'll leave uh, that temperature. You know, I'll leave a uh, you know a lager sitting there for six weeks, just on the primary. 
not yeah, touch it. Yeah, I don't do anything to it. And, and hmm. you know, at six weeks, then I'm ready to, like, keg it up. And sometimes I'll be busy, and it's eight weeks or whatever, and I, I just wait, let it sit there, and then I run it out into the, into the keg. And, uh, and, and it's, you know, very good, very clean, you know, no... Uh, no diacetyl, no you know DMS, just, and just let yeah. it do its thing, and exactly. it's done. The yeast know exactly what they're doing if you give them the right right environment. Smart little buggers. Yeah. All right, we're going to take vibers. a quick break. We're talking to Jamil Zanishev. We're going to uh, finish up with a nice interview with him about uh, how he got into it and why he's won so many damn competitions, and uh, maybe try to strain his brain for some more good information. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life, one beer at a time. All right, wake up, everybody. We're going to finish up the show here with Jamil, get some more information out of him. Pick his brain a little bit more. And then get the heck out of here. And have a pint of beer. But we got some stuff to give away, too. We want do. want you guys to be aware of. We got. Uh, we gave away the shirt. Gave away the shirt. We got two more things to give away. Oh, that's right. What are you, just, what are you feeding this dog? Stinks, huh? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, my dog stinks right now. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes she gets in. It's into not good things. for beer aroma, I'll she tell you. Things in the, maybe it's Jamil. You don't know. <laughs> Hasn't been stinky in the studio rat. before Jamil <laughs> yeah, came this week, yeah, has it? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, sometimes she gets into things in the backyard, and man, does it go like right through Like your hop plant? Yeah, like my oh. hops. She needs my hops. <laughs> she's eating a horse or something. <laughs> yeah, she's not the best smelling dog in the world, but she's real cute, and she's nice. She's happy and yeah. wants to lick you, and the next thing I know, it's like, whew. Damn, yeah. Jimmy, you do that? <laughs> hey, you can't have everything out of a dog, right? You get either get a, a nice dog or and a smelly dog or a, a good-smelling dog and a mean one. Like poodles. Poodles smell great, right? But they bite your ankles all day. Not the big ones. They bite a little higher. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only difference. All right. First competition I'm going to give out here. It's the first one we're going to do. Let's do it. And this one is going to be over the phone. All right. You're killing me here. And this one gets Jamil's <laughs> beer. I told you I'm going to make you work for it. I'm going to play a little game, and I think we're going to play it every time Jamil comes in here. And he thinks, oh, Captain Modest over there, Jamil, yeah, doesn't want to doesn't want to say that he's like you know the most successful home brewer, not gone professional on the planet. I have stats for later too. All right, we're going to give that out. So here's the game, and and I think we're going to play it every time. The game's called Stump Jamil. <laughs> Stomp him. He's a little stumpy. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen his face. So you got to call in. Yeah, he's like, oh, Shit. snap. So first caller wins. 888-401-BEER. <laughs> call in with a question, and if you stump Benil, uh, Benil, Jamil, I was thinking of his beer and his name at the same time. <laughs> if you stump Jamil, you, you're the one who gets one of his beers. He's kind enough to say he'll send out a, a tasty one, um, and, and damn, are they tasty. You're going to want to try to win that. Call in and stump Jamil. I don't care what the question is, but it's got to be about beer, right? Is it vanilla beer. porter? Vanilla robust porter? Oh, oh another one. Oh, another good God. one there, huh? Okay. We're <laughs> drinking more of yes. this good beer. Okay. So awesome. you're going to want to call in 888-401-BEER and try to stump Jamil. If you do, we'll send you one of his beers. How about that? Is that going to work? What beer? It's up to him. I don't know. How many beers know. do you have bottled up in your uh, good cold question. blocks right now? How many types? Types. Let's not go with total bottles. Yeah. Probably have about uh, 70 different types, I guess, 60. Holy cow. Mo- most of the style guides. Um, you know, a couple of them I've run out of. Uh, but I went through and brewed, brewed everything. And See, just aging if them. I was a burglar, 
<laughs> right, like like a lot of guys would want to go down to you know Blackhawk or Beverly Hills or uh, you know right. up, you know some places in New York City. Those are the places they want to break into, right? But Me, you, where would you go? I'd go to Jamil's house. <laughs> it's cold box, right? <laughs> is there a lock on that box? <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Yes, there is. <laughs> I know his address. I'm going straight to Jamil's yeah. if I was a burglar. That's all uh, I have to say. Do you have that retina recognition thing so you can get in? <laughs> Actually, a piece of wood kind of holds the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> How many kegs of beer do you have? Or meads, for that matter, uh, too. I, I got about 20 gallons of meads. I, I don't brew a lot of meads. Um, and then uh, I've got maybe 20 kegs. What do you have? A separate house for you for the stuff that you brew? <laughs> I, I built a little walk-in cooler. Did you really? Yeah, I converted <laughs> a shed that I built into a walk-in cooler. All right, I gotta ask this. It's on the internet. I've seen the pictures. Is it really? Yes, it uh, is. Yeah. All right, I have to ask this as part of the interview. I apologize. It's not a tough question, but it's a question that needs to be answered. Because here's the deal: uh, how many beers have you? How many batches have you brewed since you started brewing? At least seven hundred and at least. I'm 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 around just about 180 right now. Okay, so you're pro in a heck of a lot. And when did you and start? Uh, He's been brewing a long time, like four my, years. Yeah, <laughs> my wife gave me a Mr. Beer Kit uh, ah. Christmas of 1999. So did she yeah, about, that about day? 2000? Yeah, my wife did. My so wife did. My wife did the same thing. Yeah, uh, Christmas of ni- Christmas in '93, she gave me a, a beer kit. Yeah. She curses. Yeah, I was going to say, she hates herself now. <laughs> she hates you right. now, too. Come a long way. I can accept that. I can totally accept that. Okay, so we're talking five years here, 180 batches, roughly. Uh-huh. Uh, you got a big load of beer <laughs> big load. in this uh, walk-in cooler that you've built. Big box of awards, too. He's front-loaded. What do you do, Jamil? Do you do anything else besides brew? What do you do? I'm a software engineer. You are? Yeah. How many hours He multitasks. He's told me about multitasking. So you're engineering as your brew? I mean, something. How many hours a day are you you software engineering? Uh, If my boss is listening, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) At least 16. Perfect. No, you know. um, Good answer. I, I brew generally during football season. Okay. I love football, so uh, okay. I got the big screen set up so I can watch the big screen while I'm brewing. Okay, and I'll brew, uh, you know, a batch or two batches on every Sunday in football season, which is, you know, it's 20 weeks now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah if you can brew two batches a week during football season, that's 40 batches. Yeah, that's. If you good. do that for five years, that's 200 batches. Okay. So it's not it's not a lot, and so it's not every, as if you're not working. Is yeah, what you're yeah every once in a while, you know, when uh, work is slow, maybe uh, you know I'll I'll start things up at six in the morning. I'll get things going, and then I've got a, a B3 system with a you know the auto sparge and all that, and. Okay. Uh, you know, I can answer email and just go out, you know, every 15, 20 minutes and just take a look at it and make mm-hmm. sure everything's fine. And, okay. and you can get a batch done that way pretty easy. So are you working from home, too? Then? I work from home, uh, yeah, most of the time. Okay. That's great. So it's not like you won the lottery and you're just hanging out all day brewing beer. You're no. having to pull your weight. No, he's multitasking. Yeah. He's a smart man. You all know what happened. all done. You all know what happened when I multitasked. Yeah, you, your, your, your idea of multitasking yeah. is when you have more than two kinds of beer in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right, actually. That's true. Yeah. Okay. You and your star sand. That's what I ended up with. Well, I got a sand. question for Jamil. <laughs> star sand what, pal. What, what are your worst experiences <laughs> while brewing a batch of beer? Like, what is the worst thing to ever happen to you when you brewed? 
besides going back to work? I went uh, sucked a bunch of lactic acid into my mouth. Eighty eight percent lactic. <laughs> yeah. That hurt. That hurt. <laughs> it did hurt. You're it's clean though, right? It's puckery. <laughs> it, it burns. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Once. <laughs> right. Would you put the pipette to your mouth? Or? Of course. Yeah. Why? Well, because that's how you suck it up to get <laughs> yeah. it up in there. But you know, <laughs> if you don't have a, a pipette pump or a, or a yeah, bulb, or, I, you know, yeah, I you couldn't know. find my bulb, and, and I go, oh, "What the yeah. hell do with the old way?" And, and, oh. and you pull <laughs> it off. Of, yeah, and it, and, yeah. Or or worse, you, you yeah, you, you got it in. The, you got the end of the pipette in the vial. And you pull back a little bit, and the pipette comes, the pipette out, comes out, out of it, yeah. and it sucks the air in the bottom, of it and, and it just shoots that lactic acid yeah. in your mouth. Big uh. slug of lactic. And what happens then? Does it, it's it's kind well, of sizzles in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Does it really? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like. It burns. Yeah. It's like, but everything it burns comes back, I hope. Yeah, well, it's not like that. It's more of a sense, taste sensation. Oh, okay. I don't know. I le- it left a, a white <laughs> mark across my tongue. Oh, yeah. oh you know, man. Wow. It, it, it kills the. the Oh, it yeah. does. It, it kills yeah, it the, the epithelium on there. But, uh, okay. It grows back. But it grows back. Oh, That's yeah. important. The tongue is a uh, very barrel little well, it's uh, very, it, organism. Yeah. That yes, must be the worst. <laughs> it's very vascular. Yes, yes. Otherwise, brewing's great. It's like a mini vacation for me, so I, I love brewing. A little self-time. Okay. Hey, phone call. All right. We maybe got a stump Jamil call Stump-em. coming in here, so I hope so. I'm telling you, first luck. caller is What color are my eyes when I'm <laughs> brewing? <laughs> you win. Unless he guesses. Red. Although he might guess right. Well, now, Jamil. The problem is the prize you're giving away is no good, and so nobody's going to call. Would you have the wrong number? No, I don't know. Uh, Jamil's. They want to collect uh, on the See, bills. nobody wants my beer. I would, you know what? I can't that's wait. Why I have so I'll much. take it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, let's open up to the chat room. I, I will. That's what I was going to say. We're, we're going to go ahead and open it up to the chat room. If you can stump Jamil, you're getting the beer. So There's if you got any questions out there. in the chat. I can't wait till the day like a, uh, uh, a nice telemarketer calls on our phone line you know, unknowingly. <laughs> yeah. Because you know we're taking that call on the yeah, air, right? <laughs> and you have to do that. It's sort of, it's, it's our little payback for you listeners at home to all those Dirty little telemarketers. Oh, yeah. Well, I should go out and give out our number to telemarketers. The people that call you back, just they keep calling you back because they want to see how your service was. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, it was fine. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I can't wait till we get them. Can you got five, ten uh, minutes to take our survey? Not really. <laughs> I've got another question here. Do it. All right, Jamil. When is the last time you had a uh, contaminated batch? He's got a drink first. The last time he was at yeah. your house. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> All right, Dom, um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I know. You know, I, 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 I was trying to brew some beer for a, a dive trip I go on, and uh, I was just slamming out a couple of batches just to get them done and didn't really care. And it was, you know, it's also for like a 4th of July party, and everybody wanted beer from me, and I was just, you know, I, I kind of jammed them out really quick. And I think one of them was kind of funky. Jam eel. You know, I don't. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't take the time and 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 you know, be real careful and, and pay attention to what you're doing and, and fermentation, and you're gonna turn out garbage. You know, it, it was okay, but it's nothing I would drink. Have you had to throw out a batch? Like actually throw, throw it away? Oh, I throw out tons of batches. Do you really? If, if a beer sometimes is not, I was I'm trying. You know, I uh, I, I live near uh, Dave Sapsis, who is like you know God's gift to brewing the classic American pilsner, which is uh, you know a hoppy corn uh, pilsner. Okay. Back when they brewed like pre-prohibition pilsner, they call it. Okay. And he brews just the greatest ones in the world, 
and uh, I, you know, I was trying to brew one, you know, as good as his, and I brewed one, and it was really good, but it wasn't as good as what he was brewing, <laughs> so I tossed it out because, you know, I was just disappointed that I couldn't brew one that was, you know, really just, great. Justin's gonna cry so now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm devastated. Just ship it over here. I've yeah. poured out, you know, probably, uh, you know. 50, 60 gallons of beer. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's stop this discussion right <laughs> now. They're making him angry. Because everything, everything up to this point's been just fine. You've been yeah. an awesome guest. So here's I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> We're going to have to arrange an exchange program. And here's what I'm going to do. You'll drive and get it. I'll go get it. I'll bring you empty keg. You give me the keg that you filled up that you're about to throw away, right? I'll sure. give you an empty. We'll just exchange kegs, right? Yeah. And then, therefore, there will be no more wasted beer. Okay. Well, I, I do throw away quite a bit of beer now wow. that is, is great beer. It's just I don't want to bottle it, and I don't mm-hmm. have people to drink it. So okay. I usually You're on, babe. bottle yeah. up uh, you know, a case, and then uh, and you don't feel yeah, it throws drink, it at the wall. I'll drink a little <laughs> bit, and then I'll pour the rest out. You do you realize you're set. Right. You don't feel guilty about that? No, he thinks he's a no, G-man no, from, I, from the 20s. <laughs> yeah, we only got so much storage space, and... Uh, Okay. Can we come up with some sort of exchange program between us where we work this out and this doesn't have to happen so often? Uh, sure. <laughs> you know, it's I kind of consider myself like, you know, those Sally Struthers commercials with the kids and, and they're, right, they're yeah. in a lot of trouble. They don't have enough beer. Okay. Exactly. That's what it is. Right. I'm the like beer relation to that commercial. Yeah, if so I could get somebody to drink all the beer, flies I'd be on great. You'd feel a lot better. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm telling you. Justin, I'll, you're set, by the way. We'll drive up there. Between the two guys? I know, between the two of them. And we'll just, I'll buy the kegs and just, we'll do an exchange. Yes. And you, you always have, yes. you always got your keg back and your drain is happy. Well, you can even borrow the kegs and just bring them back once they're, once they're them. empty. Okay. You don't even have to clean them. Okay. Wow. There's a lot of jealous just listeners out there right now because. You don't have to clean them? Damn. I mean, yeah, Dr. Can, Scott requires I would, cleaning. I would clean them again anyways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. I'll just rinse them out. I'm cool. There. Yeah, just rinse them. That, that, that wow. would do it. We're set for beer. Yeah. We never have to brew again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not brewing ever again. No, John, Jonathan's got the brewing bug. He wants, yeah. he wants yeah. to brew the best beer possible. That's yeah, right. right. He does. You kind of inspired that, that just a little bit. <laughs> just a little. Okay, I'm going to make that arrangement. I'm all excited. I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> He's all but clamped. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> stump. I'll give you a topic. I do have the stop the stump Jamil question. Ah, okay. stumpage. Okay, it's from the chat room. What is the ideal temperature for White Labs 565 for a session? <laughs> 565. They knew they had to get specific. It's well, a Belgian. What? Yeah, I don't know because uh, the I don't I don't believe the White Labs. Ideal temps are, are right. Okay. I mean, okay. it may be for, like, you know, whatever fermentation they're doing, but okay. I don't think that makes the ideal flavor. Okay. So I, I tend to go much cooler than what White Labs does. So they probably list something like uh, 72. Se- 72 to, to 78 or something. Or, okay. you know, it's probably in the mid to low 70s that they list as ideal. Okay, give that. And then go ahead and give yours. And I'm willing to accept if either one of those are right, then then you got it. So what would what would you put it at? You're saying that you would do it from 72 to 78, or that's white? No, lab? that's probably white lab. Okay, what would you do? That's not at? the question. Yeah, I, I would I, for my ideal fermentation, I would probably go, you know, keep it around you know 68, maybe let it get up to 70, but you know, try and keep it cooler. Uh, don't build this big a fusel load. Okay, it's not a solventy. Daniela, do you have the answer there in the chat room? No. It's got to wait for it. There's a little delay. Well, why don't you go on the website? 72 to 78. Whitelabs.com. Okay, we'll check it out. I was there. 
today. <laughs> today. What if they did stump you? Should I give or seventy-two to? Can I share some stats uh, here? Yeah, talk about Jamil's uh, history. All right, yeah. here's Jamil's history. Uh, Cal State Fair in California, two thousand and one, seven awards placed. Two thousand and two, thirty-three awards placed. Best of Show was a Weizenbach, and in two thousand and three, twenty-four awards. Place best of show with a Bavarian Dunkel. That's a total of sixty-four awards in three years. Uh, you can check out calbrewers.com if you want to know more about that. Also, the World Cup BayAreaMasters.org. Jamil from two thousand and one through two thousand and four placed forty-six times. And forty-six times. Yes. And ridiculous. When, 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 more beers than you've had you, today. When were you? When were you the <laughs> yeah. California home brewer? Barely though. Two thousand two or three or both. 2000, uh, there was two years in a two, row. He was, cause I did it one year and then somebody said, oh, you just got lucky. So I went ahead and did it again. <laughs> did it again yeah. Oh, you gotta love that. And I'm gonna come back to that. Oh, you got lucky part. Okay. So yeah. for two years in a row, he was, he was California Homebrew of the Year. Okay. okay. Um, Mayfair, MaltoseFalcons.com. You can check this out. 2001, he placed yeah, once. Uh, 2002, he had 15 awards, best of show with a Weizenbach and a runner up for his Abbey Double. And in 2003, he placed 17 times of the best of show for Schwarzbier. So total in three-year period, he got 33 medals. Wow. So three years, 33 medals. And then let's go to the big time, nationals. That's like, 2003. That's like five medals a year, right? That's five medals. I don't know. 2003. <laughs> well, Come on, you, you placed, what, 2003? <laughs> One medal, two medals at the oh, nationals? And, yeah, and the nationals have gotten 12 so far. Okay. In the, in the final round. Final round. So, wow. Okay. So 2004, you had six medals placed. You were the Ninkasi, right. which yeah. is the highest you can get. And now, now that, that means that you're the goddess of beer, right? God. Isn't that what it's named after? Exactly, yes. The goddess of brewing. <laughs> yeah. It is named after the goddess of, of, of brewing back in the, yes. in the mythology, right? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Sumerians so makes, was. Makes you the goddess of brewing. Yes. 4,000 nice. years ago. Has it has an actual has a woman ever won the Ninkasi award? Not yet. I don't think so. Sure to come though. I think that's wrong. You know, it's after the goddess of brewing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't hmm me, John. <laughs> okay. Well, one, one thing I like to hey, tell the people goddesses about goddesses always look better after a couple of years. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> one thing I like to tell people about the competitions, yeah, uh, especially the bigger competitions like the nationals is. It, it may not be perfect mm-hmm. as far as how things are run, but it's fair for okay. every, every everybody that enters. So, yeah. you know, you know, take it as it is, but yeah. at least it's fair, and that's that's one thing you can count on. Everyone's nice. getting judged the same way. Exactly. So. And one yeah. thing I'd like to add when I was talking to Jamil before I started entering competitions was best beer on the table wins, mm-hmm. and that's true. You know, I mean, if you make a good beer, the people that taste that beer are going to know that it's a good beer. Right. So, right. I mean, I think that plays a huge role in yeah. Going on second rounds and stuff, so. I got the answer to the stump Jamil here. What is the answer? The optimal temperature, according to White Labs, is 68 to 75, which is a combination of both of Jamil's answers, because he said he would have done it 68 to 70, right? But uh, that they would ask for more yeah. like 70 to... 75. Yeah. They didn't stump him. So uh, you didn't no, stump I, Jamil. I, I would... I, that's fine by me. You want to <laughs> send him your beer anyway? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, we got another question. Well, we have two things to give away, so that's all right. All right. We got another Stump Jamil question. That guy gets the beer. The one who just did the, the, the White Labs yeast question, 
You're getting Jamil's beer, so Danielle, if you can get his information. Is that a five gallon keg? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he wants to send. No, that's you. your five gallon keg. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's not getting that. Yeah, cut him off. Uh, okay. In what language was the world's oldest recipe for beer? Mm. Well, you figure it'd be you know Sumerian or whatever, right? Mm. Isn't that the mm. whole Ninkasi thing with the uh, the recipe? Could be. Okay, so Jamil's answer yeah, is Sumerian. Daniela, is that in the chat room yet? Okay, they're gonna go ahead and put. It. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to Google that. The one. oldest proven records of brewing are about six thousand years old and refer to the Sumerians. Okay, between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. I googled it. No. No, oh, this is a, just a good question I want the for recipe you. To that one. What's right. the, no, I love vanilla. Yeah. And uh, remind me when I get. What's Hey, you guys want to have a conversation hey, off the can show? Can you stop drinking beer? <laughs> right, this is, this I wasn't not talking to you. beer show. <laughs> Come uh, on. I was talking about beer. <laughs> you were talking about beer. <laughs> Jamil, what's the extract you add to your chocolate hazelnut? Porter. Thank you. Is that the stump Jamel question? No, this is just a good question no. that they want to know. Um, you can get the kit from More Beer, and that's that's the kit. Does that mean um, that you've made it in the homebrew industry when your kit actually gets held at a uh, homebrew supply shop? <laughs> homebrew um, supply. He's doing well for himself. <laughs> the uh, you know for the chocolate, I use uh, Hershey's uh, cocoa powder because it has the lowest fat content. For uh, the hazelnut extract, it's whatever hazelnut extract uh, you know you can find. Uh, just use one that isn't really oily. Hmm. Um, but any of those work fine. Okay. Don't they don't they use them a lot for liqueurs? Yeah, make your, exactly. The, the websites, a lot right. of the homebrew websites, uh, yeah. you can make liqueurs. Uh, and you, you, you brew it, you know, you, you can do it with uh, vodkas and things, and they have essences that okay. go with that. And a lot of homebrew shops will do that. But you can, you can get it from, uh, you know, beer, beer, more beer, just, uh, the kit the whole, that they have. The whole kit That's, has it. Okay. Yeah. Morebeer.com, you can get the kit. Uh, can you give Daniela the microphone for a second, John? Because yes. she's trying to sell me, tell me something about the questions. I'm just not getting it. What do you got, Daniela? <laughs> I just have the answer to the language question. And they're saying in a chat room it is Sumerian language, and they're actually quite impressed by you, Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So once again, Jamil was not stumped. See, it's a good game, stump, Jamil. Yeah. That's when you know you have a good game. If it's easy to stump the guy, it's not a good game, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, we might do, we might just call you up at random sometimes and see if we can do I some more cell stump phone. Jamil. Oh. Just, just make yeah. sure I've had a few beers. So. Okay. <laughs> Three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jamil, we're going to stump you. And we're still on the air, Jamil. <laughs> we got a question. More chat questions? Okay. Uh, no, no. That, uh, I have a question. Oh, actually, somebody from earlier wants to know if you dry hop, Jamil. Uh, I have, uh, you know, it just depends on the style. Okay. Uh, and if I do, you know, I use pellets for everything and just toss them in. And just do it. Then, do you yeah. do it like a month before you bottle? Um, I've tried various things, and uh, what I what I found works best is uh, first get your beer in a keg, then just throw in your hops and taste it daily. And when it tastes just right, go ahead and transfer to another keg hmm. uh, through the. You know, through a little jumper, and uh, then you're done. And you can dial it in that way. Okay. How long does your dry hop usually last in that secondary keg that you transfer to? Uh, you know, it depends. Average. Um, yeah. Let's you know, say a pale ale. Uh, a month? You know, Three, it depends on you know, how fast they're drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, never really, like, uh, charted it out. 
Okay. Yeah, I never really worried about it much. I've I've come across a much better way of getting hop character into beers, which and, is and dry hopping's great, and it but it gives a real resiny, which is fine if, if that's what you're shooting for. But a lot of times people don't like the resiny and they want um, you know more hop aroma, and more hop flavor. And one of the tricks that a uh, uh, good good friend of mine uh, taught me was uh, to do all your hopping. Uh, no earlier than 10 minutes before the end of the boil. So all your bittering, you, you know, get rid of that. You, you just shift it to 10 minutes, and, and you'll have to up the, the quantity of hops to get the bittering you want. But the bittering will be very smooth and mellow, and the hop flavor and aroma will just blast through. It'll be amazing hop aroma and flavor. And so uh, instead of, you know, an ounce at 60 minutes, you're putting in four ounces at 10 minutes. And, wow. You know, okay. And it's just incredible what, what nice you get from that. Right. And uh, that, that's you know, awesome. I've, that I've is done awesome. an American brown that's just incredible that way with Amarillo, and it's just one of the greatest beers I think I've ever made. I, how I've do you never know? entered it because I drank it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how how do you know what ratio to use then? If you would put in an ounce, you know, I know you said an ounce to four. Is that what it is? It one ounce to four ounces? Uh, no, I just go off of IBUs. So uh, okay, I, I go into Pro Mash and look at it, and I want you know thirty IBUs. I just dial it to uh you know it says 60 minutes to 10 minutes 10 or 5 minutes. minutes okay and then i just keep upping the quantity until ibus equals what ibus nice. i want and it's it's pretty pretty wow. spot on and the the bittering again is the same you know it's the same level of bittering to balance but it's nicer but it's a, a very mellow easy drinking bitterness and you you do get some resiny character but you get uh you get such a huge hop flavor and aroma out of them that it's stunning Okay. Wow. Now, and then you're still adding your regular, like, say, one-minute aroma hops, too? Yeah, or? you can add yeah. those, too, and then, you know, just load up. Okay. You know, load up in the last ten minutes and don't put any other hops in, and you'd just be amazed at what comes out of it. Okay. Let me try that. Smooth. All right, we got a last thing to finish here that I keep uh, pushing off, but it's probably one of the best parts of our show, so I, I feel bad about it. Which is what? We're going to try Crotch Rot's beer. Daniela, could you help us out, please? It's in the kegerator behind the keg. There's, there's three bottles there. I have a there. question for Jamil, too. And, uh, that's fine. Question. No, that's cool. Let's uh, go ahead and ask questions. Dan Crotchrod, if you're there, we're going to try our first listener sent in beer. And uh, by the way, uh, send us beer if you want to. We're going to drink it on the air and talk to people about it and give you some good evaluation. With somebody like Jamil on the show, it's the perfect time to do it because he can give you. he's a certified judge and he can really tell you what it's about. Nationally ranked. Any other time, John brews award-winning beers, and he can tell you what he thinks of it. And Dr. Scott's brewing some awesome stuff all the time. I'm drinking his Hellas right now, which is beautiful. You'll see a lot of Dr. So Scott next year. Anytime yeah. you send in some beers, you're going to get some good evaluation. And uh, also, we like to drink it, so send it in if yes. you want. But this is our very first listener sent in beer, which Danielle is getting ready for us right now. Uh, there's two different styles. Uh, one is a Newcastle clone, and the other one's an American pale ale. And I have his recipes here behind me, too, so if you guys want to know what they are, we can talk about them. John, what's your question for Jamil while we're waiting? It's more of a closing beers? question, but Jamil, what do you enjoy the most about homebrewing? Like, why do you do it? And why do you brew as much as you do? And what what do you love the most about it? You know, it used to be, uh, you know, the brewing process itself. And, uh, you know, I still love that. That is, you know, so huge for me. But the greatest thing is all the people involved in it. So, you know, come, seeing something like what you guys are doing here, it's really great. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's something, you know, obviously done out of a passion that you have, not... 
you know, it'd be nice to make a few bucks, but I'm sure you don't plan on getting rich or even breaking even, but yeah. you're wait, just doing wait, it because... I'm, I'm not getting paid for this? Because you love it. And, you know... So even would be sweet. Um, you know, the, people, the people at the conferences and, uh, you know, all the people that email me and the, the forums and stuff like that, it's just wonderful. What a loving, generous, sharing group of people. Yeah. And uh, you, you don't find that. A lot of places, yeah. and uh, you know something about home brewing and the kind of people that gravitate to it. There's a, a few jerks out there, but yeah. Yeah. you know, by and by and large, you know, just some wonderful people that that uh, that are involved, and that's that's the best thing about home brewing to me. That's a good thing, and I agree. Oh. And that let's pour this beer while we're talking about it. What is? Uh, <laughs> by the way, pour and talk at the same time. What right? type of beer? Not me. <laughs> this one had N N S. That's the, the Newcastle. 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 Okay. Yeah. And that's why I say it's, I a, it's a big beer. Thanks, Crotch. It's a that's big why one. I say he actually wrote it down as a Newcastle Stout. Yeah, it's it says it's like Newcastle Stout is how he wrote it, but uh, Newcastle's a brown unless unless he unless he's tried a beer that we haven't. Definitely looking stouty. Okay, Crotchrot, we're officially smelling and tasting your Newcastle stout. Smell it, smell it. Hence the silence. Mm. <laughs> I hope that was your mouth, Dr. Scott. <laughs> it wasn't even my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Okay, I'm, I, it's too cold. I'm gonna warm it up. I'm thinking it's a it's a cross between a brown and a stout. Is my first impression mm. is that you you can get a little Newcastle brown, and I could get a little stout out of it. I'm not positive there's a Newcastle stout. I have to, maybe I should look it up so I'm not uh, saying anything I don't know about here. Let me check for you. No, I, I know Newcastle brews two different beers. They do. So maybe they and do then do they mix them. them, and one of them you can't even get. So. This is the one you can't get. What do you guys think? Come on. You don't have to be silent. I'll tell you this right now. He sent me a letter. He wants everyone to be honest and give a good criticism of his beer. Um, So so don't be afraid to say what you think about it. Go ahead, Jimmy. You know, it's a little darker than a Newcastle, but, uh, you know, it's it's within the range of a a northern uh, English brown, and it's got a nice uh, creamy body to it, nice caramel character. Um, You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful beer, Uh, nice... Tiny, tight little uh, head on it. Oh. Good, good, good <laughs> balance between the the hop and the and the malt. Um, real good. There's uh, one bit of uh, like a phenolic uh, medicinal I'm I'm picking up in there, yeah. which might be either a might be a you know a, a, a sanitizer. You know, like if he's using bleach, uh, might be affecting it or a, a wild yeast. But other than that, it's a beautiful beer. I I really really enjoy that. Yeah. That's the first thing I, I get is um, the mouth feels cool. Uh, it's, it's, it fills my palate really creamy. well. It's creamy. It's mm. nice. nice. Um, two things. is It's, it's the phenolic thing, and, and it's either going to be sanitation, well, maybe, maybe not, or if you're using bleach, like you said, you didn't get, rinse it all off. Just switch to star sand. Hang on, yeah. hang on one second. Yeah. Christian. Hello. Hey, you want us to use crotch rod or is Christian fine? Uh, it doesn't matter. All right. How oh. you doing, Christian? Hello. Thanks, hey, buddy. I forgot to email you back hey, that, I, that I got that's, your beer. That's okay. I like, no, I, is, I like your post no and stuff. There is such thing as a, a Newcastle Stout. It was one of those things where I like the brown and I like the stout, and I figured, you know, the recipes for both are pretty close, and I wanted to pick out the best from both. 
and make a hybrid, and that's what I did, and that's what you got. Okay, well, so you took a stout style, but the Newcastle Brown style as well. I, 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 I think you're on the right track. I want you to. I'd like you to brew it again and okay. uh, work on maybe the sanitation or on the rinsing. Are you using uh, bleach still? Yes, I am. Uh, change to something else, either iota four, star sand, or star star sand is the killer thing because you you really just let it drip out, and yeah. if you leave a little in there, it won't matter. Where if okay. you're using if you're using bleach, you get a little bit left over, and you're gonna it turns into phenolics, and you get this band aid kind of thing. Yeah, okay. I get a metallic kind of. But, yeah, but the beer itself, uh, I, think know, on, I think besides that, is is fabulous. You I, got a nice. Creamy mouthfeel, good, right. you know, a little roasty, nice malt, good bounce of hops. I think if you clean this little, up, a little med- uh, right. medicinal there with with, with uh, your processes. Uh, brew this uh, recipe again. I think you're on a, a really killer avenue here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But just watch a cha- change over from bleach. Okay. Uh, don't do that again. I mean, it's clear. It's nice. Yeah, it is really clear. And, and thanks for Christian. sending twenty-two ounces. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, you're um, a stud, Christian. But, uh, <laughs> great guy. He it, sent it, us three beers. It, One's it, twenty-two ounces. Then it's, two a, it's all good. Nice, um, nice labels too. Don't abandon this one at all. Just, just uh, brew it again and send it. <laughs> Those are awesome. <laughs> Your labels are awesome, by the way, Christian. Yeah, I, I've seen you on the forum. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, it's a Christian, by the way. I think you do have a good idea going to, to go from the Guinness to the brown, like a stout and a brown all in the same kind of a, of an ale. That's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of goes down like a brown, but it finishes like an ale. You have to, or I mean, it, has, it finishes somewhat like a stout. You have to search yeah. for the stout. I agree, it's though. There. If you look for it, it's there. I agree with you. That's where I got the, it's kind of a brown, kind of a stout. You're right. When, when you're, when you're first tasting, when it's in your mouth, you're tasting brown, and a little bit after, you're a little, you're a little stouty. I like that. Taste some brown. All right, they just poured your pail too, so we're gonna check that out right now. Hang on, I gotta finish my. We're answer. smelling it. Gotta finish the stout here first. Hang on. Uh, you're awesome. It's smooth, Chris. and don't take any of this bad. We still like you. Yes. No, that's cool. No, that's why I sent it because I wanted I wanted guys that that are better than me to evaluate it. Okay. Cool. Because I'm if not you sure we're better than not, you. Not better than you. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, no, I, I have I have absolutely no problem. Um, I, I, I'm not a professional brewer, and I wanted guys that that are either in in the business of it or guys that are winning awards at it to critique it because I didn't want guys that just you know drink Budweiser and Coors. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Christian. Well, you know it's okay or whatever. Right, you'll I become guys a... that really are in the business and know the know the individual hops and the individual. And that's going to help. And you're going to really break it down. You're going to continue to make great beer because of that because you want to learn what you're doing wrong or. How can you make your beer better? Which is important to become a better brewer, right? And and the, don't don't uh, look for commercial guys to unless they were a home brewer and they still home brew. Uh, they they got a lot of constraints on them. Uh, okay. Look look for other home brewers to help you help you. You'll get a lot more feedback from them. Like us, okay. yeah, like us. But since you want a good credible uh, evaluation of your beer, I'm going to go ahead and let these guys uh, talk about your pale ale now. Okay. So uh, I've had some. Oh, well, do you tell me about too. your pale ale first? What were you looking for to get out of this pale ale? Um, I wanted something that had a little bit of a grainy character to mm-hmm. it. Um, the only thing I really wish I would have gotten more out of that was bigger aroma. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm getting. It's it's just the aroma and the flavor hops. Right. It, it could be more. It's yeah. not a bad beer. 
at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I don't it, get the I phenolics. Overall, it was somewhat balanced, but it, the flavor right. I think on it is somewhat balanced. But the really the the aroma I thought should have been a lot more popping in your face. Yeah, uh, where do you live? In Tampa. Okay, it's definitely smooth. It yeah. goes down. It's very smooth. Yeah, you're gonna be at the uh, homebrewers conference next. Uh, Next yes, year, I am. yeah, I think you know, I didn't want. I didn't, really, I didn't want to go to Baltimore, but I think I'll I'll go to Tampa. Um, you know, one of the or things wherever, uh, we were like, just talking about was uh, you know moving your hops towards the last ten minutes. If if you really want to get a, a big you know hop aroma and flavor, uh, you know that'll that'll definitely do it. Um, you know this this is also a, a really well well brewed beer. You know as far as uh, you know it's it's got a nice body to it. It's it's a little too caramelly, I think, for for a pale ale. Okay. Uh, I would I would I would back off just a touch, and if you want more biscuity, you know, go go with some uh, you know some victory or some uh, uh, you know uh, you know one of those one of those, uh, yeah it's aromatic. Uh, you go with the uh, you know some of those character grains, uh, you know, touch a half pound, and okay. uh, you know that'll that'll make an, an effect on the biscuity. Um, See, I, just, I I actually just brewed this one um, last weekend, and wow. Uh, no. Or uh, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, you know, rebrewed it anyway. Oh, okay. Then. oh okay. I was gonna say, wow, in your <laughs> past. No, I, I just redid it, and uh, for this next one, uh, I've got actually six ounces of dry hops going into this one mm. instead of the two. The two uh, and for the one that you guys have in your hand. What size batch? Say ten, uh, gallon. ten gallon. Yeah. Ten gallon batch. I got his ten recipe ounces. here. Let me. I'll well, let that, you guys look well, at it. Well, with the dry hops, that's going to help a lot with the yeah. aroma. But I'd like to have more flavor out of it too. Okay. And, and I like flavor Jamil. Hops. I like Jamil's idea of just everything in the last ten minutes. Now, now, but would you would you uh, say just do with the uh, say in the last ten minutes, or would you request uh, maybe doing it at flame out and just kind of whirlpool it? You can do that too. Um, because actually, but yeah, but I, I, tell you, I don't. I don't cool down fast. I actually cool down somewhat slow. I usually do like a whirlpool and mm-hmm. just let it sit at that temp for about ten minutes, and then I start cooling. Okay. Um, I would, I would, uh, you know, the, the the thing though about moving the bittering hops. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, no bittering hops. They no, all, all know, the bittering goes to ten minutes. So, you, so you need to boil those somewhat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, ha- you have to boil to get any bitterness out of it. It's, it's, but. Okay. Uh, but you can you can move things to the whirlpool. I, but you were saying you were saying flavor, so I wouldn't get any flavor well, whatsoever. No, you, no, you will. It's it, it it's a bizarre thing. Uh, I used to believe all this uh, stuff about you know you don't won't get any aroma if you know it's not in the the last second of the boil or if you don't dry hop or whatever. And uh, I found at ten minutes you get a ton of aroma. You know, you get a ton of a flavor. You get a ton of aroma. You know, okay. uh, just just ten minutes and one minute just. Uh, you know, load up until and, until it hurts, and and you get a just a tremendous aroma and flavor out of it. I'm really awesome. stoked about that idea. No, I, I think you got a really good base mm-hmm. here, and if you can tweak some things to get what I think what you want to get out of it, uh, or more aroma, more pop, more pop from it, a little, little less caramel. Yeah. Well, you might you might shift, uh, you know, instead of crystal two pounds of crystal sixty, yeah. uh, switch to maybe a pound of crystal forty and a pound of crystal sixty. Okay. You split that that way, and that that might be just yeah. a, just a ticket. And it'll give it a kind of a broader range of of, of crystal across there. Okay. Awesome. And if you want more biscuity, again, uh, you know, one of those character malts. Yeah. I've brewed a pale ale similar similar to this actually. Christian. Are you talking again? Yeah. <laughs> mine was a little more, mine was a little sweeter even than yours. Um, and I used amarillo at the end, so I got a, a better aroma out of it. Uh-huh. But it wasn't it it, it wasn't 
dissimilar to this. I actually had some of the same things you guys are saying I felt about mine. There was not enough aroma, not enough flavor, a little too malty, and it was very similar to this, actually, Christian. Uh, okay. I think the main difference uh, that I had, uh, I had Amarillo, so you could definitely taste the hops at the end uh, a bit better. I'm surprised when I was reading your recipe there that you dry hopped. Actually, yes, t- I did. to me, that's a pr- because I don't. I, I just at the end, I just don't taste the you hops. You don't get that character, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah. I was a bit surprised. But you only you did the two ounces, one ounce. You use a lot of different hops there too. Would you have four different on there? I can't see yeah. it right now. Uh, no, there was uh, yeah, there was quite a few different hops that went into the recipe, that, but there was only uh, two that went into the dry hop. Okay. okay. Uh, did you dry hop with the uh, whole or pellets? Um, pellets. Says, well, uh, but I'll tell you, I, I got to commend you for. Uh, you're taking the effort to send your beer out and getting on the the phone. On but you're the, the first, on, you too. Know, and to you know to discuss this uh, on a broadcast that a lot of other people are hearing. I mean that you know it shows you really interested in in brewing you know the best beer possible. And, oh, without a doubt. And you you keep that attitude going and you know keep you know trying to uh, get information from people on how to brew. And you know, this is what Jonathan did. And Jonathan's brewing some spectacular beer now. And, and you know, a couple of years ago, he was brewing some pretty cheesy beer. But you know, he had he had the, he had the the mindset of but, but he had a well, smile on his face. I'm going to yeah. keep trying, and I'm going to follow. You know what these people are telling me. I'm going to give it a try and see if it turns out. And sure enough, it did. And he's brewing just spectacular beer. And I think you're on that same path, and you've mm-hmm. got a lot of. You know, a lot of passion, obviously, to go through, you know, the lanes you've gone to to get this analysis of your beer. So that's really great. We'll see you next cool. year, Christian. Cool. Yeah, yeah. it's a little complicated. So you guys are going to Orlando, too? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. We'll see you there. Awesome. Are you going, John? Yeah. I think I'm going to I'm gonna have to go. I... When is this? Uh, June. I think June. you need to do a remote from the June? conference. That'd be great. We should. We do a remote. We need a remote, sure. We could. By next year? Oh, yeah, we'll be making so much money, we can totally go to a remote. <laughs> yeah, it's only about an hour and a half from my house, so, okay. yeah, I'm going. Nice, okay. In fact, what was funny was uh, I downloaded a video of the uh, conference that happened this year, and I had the uh, the video loaded up in, you know, media player or whatever, and, uh, I, you know, I watched it and I went to bed and... My wife works at the night shift, and when she came home the next morning, I woke up. She goes, well, I guess I know where I'm going next year. And I'm like, you know. <laughs> Smart woman. That's awesome. She, right. she knows. <laughs> well, Christian, I'll tell you, we're going to finish your beer. Uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, we're going to we're gonna Wait, drink it. Wait, you said there's three. I only got two. Oh, well, no, there's uh, two. He sent us two 12-ounce oh, of the okay. pale ale right. and then the tall of the stout. Uh, which we got half the stout here, and uh, we're going to finish that. And then we got another bottle of the pail to finish, too. Yeah. Uh, Christian, you're awesome, as usual. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for being the first Cheers to send you, in your beer and let us evaluate it on the air. Yeah. Enjoy it. And uh, it's a good example for the rest of you at home. Um, you know, send it in to us if you want some good input. We've always got people in here who, who have different perspectives than ourselves. So you're going to get a wide range of views and, and always, you know, quality uh, evaluations, yeah, next aside week, from what I have to we say. We have Roger it. Davis from Drake's, Drake's Brewing Company. So Yeah, that's right. That's right. Send an IPA in. So, Christian, dude, thanks. No, thank you. I mean, that's, that's really exactly what I wanted. I really wanted honest criticism and feed, feedback on it because I knew it needed work, and that, that it's just awesome. It's great. Okay. Well, well I'll tell don't, you what, don't give up on these beers. Not at oh, all. no, no. I, those are, those so are two of the ones yeah. that I'm really working on. I mean, they're my own recipes. So there's something cool. that, you know, I really want to critique back on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How long have you been brewing, Christian? Um, I've been brewing for about uh, two and a half, three years. Wow. Okay. 
All right. He's going to do fine. Yeah, you can yeah. do all right. You make great beer already. Well, I think so. we should see you like walking up there for the Nationals next time, maybe, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 you never know, Chris. You never, know. Right. You you never know. know. Uh Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I was going to do a, a, a little contest about the fa- anybody in the chat room who's the farthest east gets our $20 gift certificate. East up to the Greenwich Mean Line? No, in our country, because <laughs> okay. I don't know. Unless, uh, no, too late. I already, I already started this. And you're pretty much the farthest east in Florida, plus you had the balls to send us your beer and let us evaluate it on the air. So, Christian, you're getting 20 bucks again to spend at beer more, at uh, more beer. Beer I'll more, more beer, whatever. I'll take it. All right, John, you probably already have that address, too. We're going to give you another $20 gift certificate. You cool. deserve it, dude. You're it awesome. Does. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you guys have a good night. I'll be in the chat room. All right. All thanks right. for all your help. We'll see you later. See you later. All right. Cool. What a cool guy. Yeah, he's always cool. He's been cool this since the beginning. All right. There's a lot of people like that in the homebrewing community, too. So, I mean. That's important. You know, yeah. sometimes you always you only hear the guys that aren't so cool. And uh, that's not fun. Well, everybody focuses on the bad. And, you know, there's one bad seed, but yeah. most of them are like Christian. So. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. It's been a long show, guys. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take off and we're gonna finish. Ice uh, We're gonna finish Christian's beer and uh, whatever else we got going around here. We're gonna have a good time. Uh, for those of you who have to go to work in the morning, try to wake up and maybe drink a glass of water before you go to bed. Sorry to keep you up so late. Uh, thank you, Jamil. Yes, anyway. thank you, Jamil. Yeah. Jamil, you are awesome. And yeah. and please, very informative. Would you like to come back again sometime? Sure, this has been great. I, uh, you know, my pleasure. And anything I can do to help, just let me know. I, okay, I think cool. this is a great, great effort. I always like to ask that question again when we're off the air, because sometimes people just want to be nice. And Jamil might tell us off the air. Actually, He's a pretty humble guy. You guys so. are douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> but there's lots of free beer around here, so <laughs> and that's good enough. Well, well worthwhile. Uh, no, we really appreciate you coming. In. And and what great information! I've taken away a couple awesome things from you, Jamil, and I and I appreciate that personally. Oh, I, I have. Think, I've uh, learned a ton already. I have so. too. I every time I talk to him, he throws something else. I out think that's at me. a good, good goal for the show. If we can learn. Yeah. Why can't others learn, you know, I mean, yeah. I've learned three things that I'm going to apply to my brewing process for the next year, so. Yeah, you're right. Well, you're welcome anytime, uh, Jamil, you're, you're, you're an awesome home brewer. I think everybody knows that. And, and somebody from the chat room, we, uh, Danielle, you got that information, right? Is going to get a beer of yours and they're going to realize you're an awesome home brewer. And, uh, please come back and join us anytime. Maybe we'll give you a call so you don't have to drive down here, but, uh, if you ever just want to call us up and, and, and ask if you can come on the show, you're welcome anytime because we really appreciate your help. Great. Thank so, you. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next week, we're looking at Drake's Brewery, which is out of uh, San Leandro, California, I think. Uh, Roger Davis, the brewer. Okay. They're going to come in here and talk about uh, their their microbrew. Good yeah. beer out of them. I've drank a few of theirs. Uh, I believe their IPA got a gold at the GABF. Okay. So. All right. So, so we, we have a topic to for other stuff? Uh, the full topic we don't know, but here's what we decided, and this is all wishful thinking as it has been. Because we're supposed to have a website by tomorrow, Cool. I might actually be able to post to the people who like our website what the heck we're doing around here by tomorrow, which to me is, is just as exciting, if not more, as it is to you listeners at home. Yeah. I'm telling you, I know that it looks like we've, we've you know, not done the website and not put forth the, what we're trying to get to you. It's not the case. We just run into a lot of roadblocks, yeah. and I am really, really excited to get a website that I can update. I can talk to you guys at home. I can tell you what's happening on the radio. On a weekly basis. On a daily basis. Daily basis. For that matter, on a yeah. daily basis. I've it's got, a web. It needs to be 
daily. Absolutely. Right. I am going to be in here every day letting you guys know what's happening, post about the shows, post about our upcoming guests, get the archives out there for you. We're really working on it. It's, it I'm excited about it. So uh, we're going to talk to the guys tonight, yes. hopefully, see if we get it going, and uh, tomorrow it might be up. If so, we'll post what next week's discussion is about along with Drake's Brewery. So hey, Everybody have a great fourth, and uh, don't drink safe. too much macro brew. And if you do go out to see the fireworks and you are drinking, then, then get someone to drive you home. Yes. Yeah. Uh, unless you're in Montana, then you're fine. Good show. <laughs> All right. Those of you who listen every week, you know what's coming. Those of you who haven't, this is a song sent in by a home brewer just like yourselves. And he did a damn good job on it, and we've made it our own uh, by his permission, of course. Yep. So enjoy. We'll see you next week. It's Cheers. the Brewing Network. Thanks, Jamil. We'll see you guys. Pale ale is a friend of mine, and I sure like good barley wine. Chocolate porter, cherry stout, don't you know what I am talking about? Don't you give me that American crude, for the one of real homebrew. Homebrew, don't you really love it? Homebrew, can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I have me, well, I have the one right now.
cherry stout. Yeah, you know what I am talking about. But don't you give me that American crude, boys. I want a real home crew. Home crew, don't you really love that home crew? Can't get enough of it. Home crew, it blows my mind. I love home crew all the time. Yeah, I think I have that well. I'm the one right now. 